0: And hello friends. Welcome to the R and R and R show. My name is Joel, joined by Chris and Ray. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be.
1: How's it going, friends?
2: going good doing the the packs recovery process right now to be honest mm-hmm. yes. um i'm back in my i'm in my parents house right now so the background looks a little bit a little bit different i apologize for that but cool. yeah, just hunkering down playing some games with family and trying to recover from a very a very successful but very exhausting uh final convention of yes. the year <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's always a, and always i said a this billy
3: I said this off-screen, but I'm going to say it again because I thought it was funny. Uh, I'm also at Ray's parents' house, but I'm just outside the window uh, watching them play games. And it does look like they're having a lot of fun in there. So I, I'd love to join at some point, but maybe one day. Uh, I'll keep you all posted, but they, they've they been laughing. Uh, it's been a little cold out here, but um, they've, like there's that- been lots of warm (laughs) fires and uh like happy moments and so i'm just really happy you're you're all experiencing that Mm -hmm. that's that's it's like that
2: animal psa if they're cold if you're cold they're cold bring them inside that's chris (laughs) outside our window
3: just freezing (laughs) wherever there are games that's where i am just in in the window
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love that image in my head (laughs) uh friends you are joining us for the pre-show we're hanging out uh, chit-chatting about all all things games and not and um, basically what we do is hang out here for a little while and then we're gonna record uh, for YouTube our top five this time our top five Stoneheart games and yes we do have mm-hmm. a special guest yeah. who's coming on later uh, in the show we're super excited about that um, I'm gonna be turning things over to Ray and Chris because I'm dying back here as normal just <laughs> trying to get the back end <laughs> stuff going so if y'all have questions if you have comments let us know and um yeah how's continue. how's it going in the chat what have you all been yeah. playing lately and ray okay let's talk
3: about it what what have you been playing cuz i I've, I've gotten a good, a good glimpse from my my point of, point of view in the window but i haven't seen all the pieces <laughs> so like what have you been playing recently that caused so much
4: with my
2: mom the new mm-hmm. DeVere game i think is how that is pronounced um i'd never heard of it but i watched um emily the new contributor to shut up and sit down did an absolutely just banger video on it i completely adore her style and her video convinced me to to try it out which it wasn't a game that particularly grabbed me otherwise uh but man i i'm really liking it there i have my i have my complaints about it but like that little bamboo track that you've got going on yeah. real real sexy stuff. I. I Have been enjoying it a lot. That's been our our game right now. And then we just got Fox Experiment, which I haven't tried yet. But that's what we're going to be doing tonight. Is I'm going to be learning uh, and teaching Fox Experiment, which I'm very excited for. I don't know if anyone in the chat like if you got your copy earlier. If anyone's got any thoughts, uh, let me know. But I'm very excited. Yo, Tony, welcome on. Thank you for that prime sub. Thanks for subscribing. Um, Thanks for being here. I love you, Tony. Thanks for being here. Also, it's just I want to say again, it's really nice to see so many familiar faces in chat. I really appreciate it. I did announce on Twitter uh, like a couple hours ago that I am. Kind of joining this crew for a little bit. I'm, I'm sticking around. They liked me so much last stream. We that they're like, please never leave. Super
4: it excited. is a
3: significant improvement. Like you have Ruel and I, you know, just, just stop I know that. people have been putting us on uh, for their their mid mid afternoon naps. And that's nice. But now we got now we got the perfect energy. We got a, yeah. an amazing Chaos personality. is the word you're
2: looking for. Yeah, <laughs>
3: we're going to have
0: ourselves a great time. Oh, um, but yeah. Yeah, we are so yeah, thrilled we're gonna to have it's you. Just awesome. really good uh, here. Thank you again mm-hmm. for joining us. And Barefoot Bug, of course. thank you for subscribing. Folks, we're getting close to the hype train. Um, woot woot. you all know if you subscribe to the channel, and you can do so free if you have an Amazon Prime account, uh, you get all kinds of free perks, uh, really cool stuff like uh, discounts on Rattle merch. And you also, the big one that I've been hyping up, I love the fact that we do this, if you're a subscriber, you get a secret playlist, folks, of uh, Richard and Jen playing all kinds of different games. And this is only accessible by subscribers. And there's like right now, I think it's like 21 games on there. So if you subscribe, um, we will whisper you that link. Um, So thank you for your support, friends. Secret. Secret. <laughs> so Brian thank you for the sub.
2: Yo, Linnaeus, it's good to see you. Oh my god, there's so many good, so many good friends in chat. I got to see so many people at PAX too, which is like oh yeah? that's nice. my favorite thing is getting to meet people at PAX and then getting to see them again in chat. And I know I know Ruel's dying, but I know that he had a lot of really great community stuff that he was doing at PAX. He had like a little section of the free play area that he just marked out yeah. and just was playing games there all the time with friends, which I wish I had done that. Honestly, in yeah. retrospect walking the hall was cool but when I bumped into Ruel and he said basically that he had marked off a couple tables in free play and was just had snacks and had people filtering in and I was like that is what I should have done yeah because I kept bumping into people and yep. I mean I've <laughs> I've been talking about this a lot I'll complain about it to anyone who will listen but this is like this past PAX is my first show where I wasn't either behind a booth the whole time or behind a camera so I went into it thinking I'm gonna have all this time I'm gonna play all these games and it turns out just attending a con is—it's the same amount of hours in a day as as working a con, and yeah. it was actually really hard to do all the things I thought I was going to be able to do. So, um, yeah. yeah, I hope anyone who stopped by Ruel's little meetup uh, enjoyed it because that seemed like the exact way to approach uh, yeah. PAX this year. And I wish
0: I had done that. Yeah, thank you for saying that, Ray. We—it uh, was really cool. Um, I made it a point this year for PAX to. You know, take as few meetings as possible, you know, business-wise, and just focus yeah. on the Discord community. And so many people showed up, and yeah. we, you know, we had a couple of uh, tables there, and everyone brought snacks, which was great. Because I am, <laughs> you know, I that's all I do. I play snacks, or I uh, play games and eat snacks, or play snacks and eat games. Um, but we had a wonderful time. It was great seeing you both. And um, I want to do this at, uh, at other cons, where we just get some free play uh-huh. area and just hang out, play games, and just connect and hang out with good I folks. think that's
3: a great idea. That's yeah, the move. I- I, I felt, I felt like I wanted to play more games at PAX. Yep. Uh, and um, just yeah, AG Fox said, now we know what Chris looks like peering in the window. Yeah. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> AG, AG Fox also said, yeah, the more some people who subscribe and follow, so exact POV. and I'm like, honestly, it's, it is an incentive. It's an incentive people to follow and subscribe. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I always, have, I always found that like, I, I didn't do as much game playing as I as I personally had set out as my goal and I think yeah. if I'd just been like you know what Saturday's gameplay day we're going to the Ruel area in the in the in the open gaming just sitting down and not leaving and just like making that a priority or something along those lines I think I would have it would have it would have yeah. am- amplified my experience significantly yeah um and
2: you would have been able me. to actually find a table yeah. i struggled yeah. so hard yeah. so many days right. to find just an open table at free play it was i that was really the big brain move was to stake out a table because i struggled so much yeah. trying to find a table anywhere which is good because it means it was busy but i almost feel like they didn't adequately anticipate the demand of people just wanting to sit down and play games and yeah
0: yeah, yeah. yeah this show was definitely there were a, a lot of people here. Yeah.
2: Yes, it was huge. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, i it's really cool to see PAX kind of getting its identity because for the last couple of years I haven't really known like what <laughs> what like the PAX demographic is. Like when you think of Gen Con people, right? There are people for whom like Gen Con, that is their, that's their thing, is going to Gen Con their, you know, they've been going to Gen Con for 25 years, whatever. You can kind yeah. of picture a real hardcore Gen Con fan. PAX U fans, it's been kind of nebulous. And I feel like this year it's really starting to get its footing and yeah, it was it was really cool to see to so see true. how it's how it's coming along as a newer show.
0: Okay. Um pardon me while I uh, eat my lunch, folks. And, <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh there's a comment yeah, from Linnaeus Lin- Lin- right there. Yeah, uh, Linnaeus the saying the big thing. We have,
3: uh, we love playing games where we're just so excited to see our friends. We ended up chatting and not playing games. I know. That is so
2: true. So what true. Is
3: socialization that's happening here? <laughs> that's not, that's not. So- I went over to a friend's house to play games last night and we played two games and just talked the rest of the evening. <laughs> like chumps. <laughs> really. I was disappointed in myself.
2: <laughs> fake fan. Fake gamer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ooh, religion has a really interesting question. How would you differentiate PAX attendees from Gen Con attendees? I want to answer this myself Mm -hmm. but i also want to open this up because that was kind of my job at pax i was going on behalf of the op to kind of see where the show is these days because hopefully i think i think i convinced the op to show at next year's packs like hopefully we will have a booth but that was right. one of my missions when i was going because the op makes so many different types of games it's like okay we can go but what's our focus gonna be like when we go to gen con right our focus yeah. like this past year was perfect wave and our hobby games but like what do we bring if we show to packs and i feel like i i think i know what i would say to that question but i'd be curious chris if you have thoughts on like how you would differentiate the attendees between packs and gen con or anyone uh, in I've- chat if you've got thoughts on that as well
3: yeah, I've never been to Gen Con, so it's uh, a bit Oh, that's for me right! To, uh, I forgot
2: yeah, you that. mentioned that. You're a little convention yeah. baby. I forgot about that. I am a, I am a convention baby. You're... I've been to
3: PAX and I've been to Origins. And then you were I go to born game at Play. Origins.
2: I forgot. Yeah,
3: I was born at Origins. I, I emerged. <laughs> uh, well, there's also this great little thing, uh, little place that uh, the, uh, it's the Niagara Board Gaming Weekend. It's like just, it was in Niagara Falls. Now it's in Grimsby, Ontario. And you can get tickets. And, we, and it's just like a big board game meetup. Everybody, there's no library. People bring a like sec- a, a stack nice. of games like everybody brings a bag and you pull out a game and you're like is this is it who's is this can i play this right now and everyone's like yeah go for it and it's just like it's super great like so stuff like that i really like and i've been to like breakout con in toronto and it's very similar vibe it's a little bit bigger breakout cons a little bit bigger a little bit more organized but again it's like focusing on that like that game-playing style. Same with, like, WSBG, which I'm, of course, involved yeah. in and, and do a lot behind the scenes. Um, but that, that idea of just, like, setting aside the time to play games, those are the types of conventions I really like. And and so so I, I would say a PAX attendee from my, like, my hypothetical of a Gen Con attendees, Gen Con, they feel like there's just more booths at Gen Con. But, but PAX's ex- expo hall felt pretty big to me. I don't know.
2: It did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I feel, I feel like... I have, I have a lot of thoughts on this. For me, PAX is becoming less of, like, there was no, one of the things that I heard a lot of people mentioning was that there was no big release at PAX this year. A lot of this was yeah. just getting together and hanging out. Um, like, even just evidenced by the fact that I was, when I was at PAX this year, one of my other missions was to show people Gnome Hollow, which is a prototype of a game we're releasing next year. And I got to meet up with a couple of different content creators be like, hey, you want to play some Gnome Hollow? And they actually said, yes, right now, let's go. And that would never happen at Gen Con because they would have back-to-back meetings. They would have all these like press meetings, all these things that they, these formal obligations that they had. And I had multiple friends who they're like, yeah, let's do it right now. I was like, really? I kind of, kind of didn't expect you to have time for that. And that was, from my perspective, just as an attendee, really cool that people had a little bit more time to hang out. Obviously, never as much time as people want. But uh, in terms of the difference in attendees, this was something that, I don't know. I'd love to know from someone else who was at PAX if you felt the same way. But I felt like there was a more of a focus on TTRPGs than there had been in last year's. Mm. Several of the special guests were like young TTRPG, like TikTok stars. And I thought that was a really cool sort of niche for them to start carving out. A lot of the events had to do with TTRPGs and DMing. And I thought that was... That was really interesting. There weren't necessarily more families than at Gen Con, but there were more like young adults. There was more of a focus on, you know, the hot new like TTRPGs, which is, you know, mm-hmm. becoming really popular with that demographic, I would say almost more so than board games these days, which is really cool. Um, so that it opens up some interesting marketing decisions for what we do bring uh, for the op for, for next uh, PAX U. It's really cool to see it kind of uh, gaining that identity in a way. Yeah. Yeah, Tony said no, Matt Mercer being the like the head the headliner yeah. personality also fed into that at least that perception. I don't know if that's really the reality that there were more TTRPG people this year, but it felt like the show was putting more emphasis on that than in previous years and then the other big three board game shows. So, super yeah. cool. I know Tony took a day off working CGE to stand in line <laughs> to see Matt Mercer. He I took a that. vacation day at PAX U so that he could stand in line nice. to listen to, to Matt Mercer. I could not do that, but I hope you had a fun. I hope you had a fun <laughs> time, Tony. Hope that was that was cool. James says, "When is PAX?" So it's the first weekend in December, which also feeds into that sort of vibe of PAX because it's right before the holidays. No one really, most publishers don't announce major titles right before the holidays, so it has that slightly more like, let's all see our friends and recap the year sort of energy, as opposed to, you know, the cult of the new that, that Gen Con sort of fosters.
3: Um, uh, I've got a so question from they're ja- they're from, from Jamie Wood, who says, what's <laughs> the main focus of PAX U? Open play, shopping, events? Because honestly, even be, having been there, I don't <laughs> know. <laughs>
2: Do the they either, I, actually.
3: <laughs> I don't know what the answer to this question is. And I was I kinda there. Wanna I kind of want to say open play. Yeah,
2: I kind of want to say open play, but it did the... It was
3: too- 20. I mean, it was too full, so though, so a lot of people were doing it. I guess there's that.
0: Yeah. Right? I would, but yeah. It's um, definitely more of a focus than like Gen Con or Origin, or I mean Gen Con, right, where there's a lot yeah. of pre-play. Um, but the, from what I heard, uh, again, I just heard this secondhand, but one of the vendors I was talking to said that there was a point for about an hour or so, I think on Saturday, where they felt it was like Gen Con numbers, like just the number of people going yeah. to the booths and buying yeah, stuff. Yeah, I heard so, that too. It's grown. It's definitely grown.
2: Yeah, super cool. Um, Linnaeus has a really good point. She says it discourages big releases since it's so close to the end of the year. Yeah. It's a risk to release a game at the end of the year and be worried it might miss best of the X year. Yep, absolutely, because most people don't play it till the following year. Absolutely, yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's a weird time for a show, um, but I kind of like that they're they're leaning into it a little bit and they're not they're not backpedaling on it. They're Staking that weekend, and it's just developing its own identity by virtue of being so late in the year and not having as many releases as Gen Con. Um,
3: it, it, yeah. it is interesting, though. There there are two that I can think of that had their release like a couple days before or now. Mm. Um, which games? Ma- uh, Mine Clash had Ironwood, which oh, I got to demo. Yeah. It feels like a two player, like head to head, like it's like a two player route it feels yep. like you have an yep. iron thing or or, or or wood thing and they're battling each yep. other and i was like oh when did this get announced They're like oh yeah just two days ago i was like oh just oh. just just for no they're like yeah we just we released it two days ago i was like okay and then also arcade wonders too um i think planet fall that that was coming um, out like that's right. just that's right. sort of dropped around that around that area to planet falls it's a drafting game very simple drafting game uh you get two cards in an age and there are like seven planets that you go to and you get yeah. two cards each and then most points wins right um so but <laughs> but i thought that was i thought that was interesting because i also was expecting no new releases and then the like but there wasn't any fanfare about these releases It was like oh yeah, yeah. Well, this was announced two days ago i was like what
2: yeah, yeah. Oh.
3: <laughs> like yeah it's just here you wanna it? I I want like, to try i want to yes
2: I want to go back to, what's the name of the first game you mentioned? Iron something? Iron. Oh,
3: Ironwood. Ironwood.
2: Okay. I, I talked about this. I, I streamed for my on my own personal channel. I was talking about this um, when I streamed on Sunday. I somehow got the name of that game mixed up with something else. Uh, and I was just really trying to find it because you described it as two-player me. I was like, that sounds awesome. Mm. I want to try yeah. it. Uh, but my silly lizard brain got it scrambled with something else and ended up sitting down for a game that is... Not that at all. <laughs> and I won't say it because I don't want to disparage the game in any way, shape or form. Yeah. It's just not for me. Uh, so I went yeah. on this very, I went on this fool's errand trying to find this game because I couldn't remember the name <laughs> of it. But you had like mentioned, we talked about other games yeah, around the yeah. same time. So I was like trying all this. So I was like, none of these are right. Where is this game? You so, okay. <laughs> I should have texted you. Well, it was, I was too busy being embarrassed in a demo. I wasn't enjoying and like That's trying to fair, figure out yeah. how to quietly leave <laughs>
3: so um, the game was
2: good it's just not my my type of game <laughs> hey, <laughs> so you then i gave the game up. was
3: bad you didn't say what game it was so
2: i didn't say what yeah. game it was that's very true it's very true um but i think my my highlight of pax U was i got to play a game of blood on the clock tower which i'm a big mm. social deduction person and i think i had my single favorite gaming moment of the year um oh. in this game of blood on the clock tower i think it, it wins i don't know if that's a competition but it wins best moment in games for me <laughs> not finger gate chicken finger is a close second that also happened during that blood on the clock tower game but that was uh less fun for me uh so what happened during this game of Blood on the clock tower if you're unfamiliar blood on the clock tower is like really intense mafia right where instead of or like Werewolves or something, but instead of where werewolves, where you have a handful of baddies who are trying to get everyone, and everyone else is just a regular villager. Blood on the clock tower, everyone's got a role that does some nonsense, mm. and the scenario that of Blood on the clock tower that we were playing involved a role called the lunatic, which is a person who thinks they're the demon the entire game but they're not. So, and the demon's like the bad guy, right? And so every night this person gets woken up by the narrator, they pick people to kill and then they go back to sleep. And then the narrator will wake up the person who is actually the demon who will actually choose who to kill. So the lunatic thinks they're in control of the whole game. And it was such a delight because I was the real demon. And my very good friend, John, who is sitting right next to me, was the <laughs> lunatic. And I was playing some of the sloppiest demon gameplay you've ever seen. I was playing terribly, but I was having so much fun gaslighting my friend for a solid two and a half hours. I Every night I would wake up, I'd pick the same people. So he never caught on and I was again I was playing really (laughs) bad demon gameplay so I needed him to stick around because he was acting suspicious because he thought he was the demon so I was like I need this man to stay in this game and continue acting suspicious for me and then the end of the game comes he dies You know, me and my my minion, we celebrate, and I got to turn to him, and he was like so confused. What what is what is going on? (laughs) Because this was also his first time playing Blood on the Clock Tower. He didn't really realize that this was a possibility.
4: Yeah, yeah. I got to
2: turn to him, and I got to be like, "My love, you're a lunatic. Nothing you think happened for the last two and a half hours actually happened," and the disillusionment and shock on his face peak peak gaming experience nice, for me because nice. I That's got to awesome. watch him walking around trying to be sneaky <laughs> trying to not use his
3: He to watch the thing, right? so fun.
2: He was just nothing. He was just his character canonically was just insane and didn't know what was going on. I love and, that. Oh my God. How does the lunatic not know they are not the real demon? Because again they get treated as the demon by the storyteller. Yeah. The storyteller will give them all the choices that they would give the regular demon um and like depending on how the real demon plays the game it can you can catch on very quickly I'd imagine if the people you think you're killing aren't dying but I went hardcore into like I'm going to gaslight this (laughs) man (laughs) (laughs) I might not win this game but I sure as hell will have a really fun time making my friend feel insane
3: (laughs) yeah that sounds incredible yeah
2: it was it was awesome it was so much fun um, <laughs>
3: uh, that's the key about blood on the clock tower too is that like you have an unreliable narrator essentially yep. right? you have a moderator <laughs> who, who who may lie to you uh, and it's the, the role of the moderator to to balance the the game and make those micro adjustments if they feel one team is like gonna snowball the whole game they try to tweak and give the information that makes it a little bit more difficult for one yeah. side or the other yeah. uh and
4: yeah Like it's, it's yeah <laughs>
0: what's going on? What the chat i don't know if there's a um video. oh no, no
3: all of us or just one
2: person
0: i can I,
3: I can hear my and then on the twitch stream i can hear like a little like Glo-lo-lo-lo. okay okay someone just dropped a bomb it occasionally gets glitchy oh i heard my i heard myself kind of come back okay oh there's a big too. boom with this with the stickers i heard the bomb with stickers. it that. was a big boom That's now we what hear that was. it's back <laughs> Kind of, it uh, seems like it's it. back now. And it's back. All
0: now. right, friends in chat. Yeah. How is uh? I was tweaking. Well, I was playing around with the uh, volume for our voices. How is our? Someone had mentioned I was like really uh, low. Uh, let let me know. The... And you compensated by that by making sure that Ray and I were completely out, yeah, just totally, <laughs> totally off. So
3: yeah, they can't even. He hear took you. us out.
4: <laughs> yeah. Eliminate
3: the competition. That's true. Well, he heard you talking about the demon and was like, "Well, I, I can't trust Ray anymore. <laughs> okay, I can't so trust uh, Ray." We're
0: even now, thank you. I, and I will. I'll project a, a little more uh, with my voice. Thanks, as well. Billy. Uh, Hey, check out this. We were talking about Planetfall. Look what's on my table right now, friends. Um, Oh, oh look at that. There you go. So this is uh, our... uh, We will talk about this more when we record for YouTube, but this is our sponsor today, Arcane Wonders. Uh, They Mm. sent me this beautiful playmat, and that's what we wanted to show off. Like, I have not played this game Mm. yet. I just literally just set it up right now as we're talking. And hopefully... I mean, It it plays super quick. It's like
3: 20, 30 minutes, like really. Oh,
0: okay, cool. Yeah, seems pretty cool. The playmat?
3: the playmat for it though is really nice because yeah. uh it, the the base game kind of just comes with like a little thing on the outside and then you 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 splay cards out but uh, i don't know that there's some of i'm not i'm not a huge playmat guy but i saw it with the playmat and then i and then i had the the base return i was like but well, well where do i put my cards where's the where's the little sections for oh. my cards to lay them all out all <laughs> I, so I playmats that it. tell me exactly so how to
2: set it up and so, everything. Yeah. Cool. I also, I love, I don't see this art style or this artistic choice enough in board games, but the dark sort of background and sort of gloomy atmosphere and then those bright pops of colors that you see on those planets. Yep. Oh, I love that. Good like the black stuff. backgrounds and yeah. the super neon colors. That's I gorgeous. I love that. Yeah,
0: Cool. So yeah, when we do that, uh, Chris, I will... Uh... Ask your opinion of the game. Well, I'll ask you to talk a little bit. About sure. The game we
3: do that. Yeah, I can talk right. a little bit. I've played it once. I've just played it once at two hey. players. I think it'll work better at, at more players. Yeah. I think because of like the drafting elements of it. And there's going to be, there's some like fighting for stuff that I don't think w- was, I've only played it one time. So hey, one I'm still forming did, my so. opinions on it for sure. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Thank you. Um So
3: I, I've been playing, I, I took a bunch of Arcane Wonder stuff back from PAX. And so I've been like playing through it. So I finally played Furnace Oh do you like it? It's yeah. great. Oh yeah, man, it's so good. So good. yeah. And like it's also like they have an expansion for it that's out It seems like so supremely easy to integrate yep. that you could teach it without anybody knowing that yeah. there's an expansion Ooh, in it yeah. that's yeah. hard to
2: do but it's a yeah. really cool quality of an expansion
3: where you can Agreed.
2: seamlessly integrate it into the base game
3: yeah yeah it's uh, it's and that and that one i i also got i have a play map for and i was like oh this is so easy to set up <laughs> i see there's, there's six cards now for us two right? two player game i played again i played that one at a two player but i still like i, I found it uh very exciting to see how how a two-player auction game works yeah and like actually does work at a the two-player absolutely card. yeah yeah I was like, ah, this isn't gonna work.
0: Yeah, but it does. And with the expansion, Chris, they actually make the two player experience even better. Like they're they Sort of have mm. like an AI that they introduce, so it's not just you know roll a die and move block mm. a spot. Right. It's literally. Oh like- yeah,
3: because it can have they they pursue their own objectives. Because yep. I've yep. only played the base so far. I haven't yep. played with the expansion. I've just now integrated it. Like I wanted to play one base first. Yeah. To see the experience, and then like the next plays will be with the with the expansion. But yeah, they have these little cards that are like, okay, now the AI does this. Yep. They're pursuing this goal. They're pursuing this like type of card strategy, which I think is really cool. I think that's a really, really neat addition to
0: it. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's such a great game, and the expansion does make it better, uh, I I think. And I think I was talking to Richard, and he was saying, or I heard um, him talking about one of his videos where he, you know, he loved um, Furnace, but with the expansion, it actually knocked it into like, it bumped it up to, I think, either game of the year or, you know, top two or three games of the year back in 2021 or whenever it was. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, really cool. It's right above my head right now. Oh, yeah. nice. I'm
2: usually kind of anti-expansion because I do so much teaching of games a yeah. lot. I'm like the no, designated teacher. I spend a lot of time, just because of the circles that I, I exist in, I spend a lot of time introducing people to board games and mm-hmm. playing, you know, baby's first board game with people. I spend a lot of time doing that. And I'm like, I'm never going to get, they're going to play this once. They might not even like it. I'm never going to get this expansion into it. But there are a couple of games where the expansion seamlessly fit in enough where I can actually play them yeah. as much as I want to because um, normally you have to keep expansions out of out of a first time teach and that is yeah. usually enough for me to just never buy them because it's not going to get to the table often mm-hmm. enough so ugh, right. I, I've actually never played the the furnace yeah. expansion so that's really cool to cool to hear I'll have to check it out yeah, oh, yeah super easy to
3: implement right. you, you just haven't you have one extra chip to bid on things with mm-hmm. yeah. so it's like it's a but it's a, a variable strength you basically pay coal for the amount that okay. it'll be so you could have a nine strength chip if you wanted to by just paying like nine coal and just very make sure cool. really win a thing that you that you yeah. want. And there's two extra like little uh, cards that you can activate and they they give you sort of one time not one time but like they give you abilities that you can add to another card. So tiles mm-hmm. and then anytime you activate that card, it now has a bonus on it. You just mm-hmm. so that that feels again very, very cool, right? Just like yeah, absolutely things on the side, yeah. We've got, to, in the chat, Goblin saying got the big box for pursuit of happiness re- recently. Ooh. Ooh. Big is the stuff that isn't noticed, like pets, friends, and kids. Yeah. The, <laughs> uh, all, all, all of those things aren't noticed in life to, as well. Pets, friends, and kids, we don't ever look at them. We don't notice them. <laughs> we don't really care. They're not <laughs> instrumental to your happiness, I think, is what Goblin's trying to say. But uh, <laughs> this is what it seems like. Uh <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's that, that again that idea of like not noticing seamless expansion integration. I think is is great. Yep,
2: that's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. that's so cool to hear. Um, but yeah, I we I feel like we had a really chaotic uh, start to this stream. We had a lot of people all in here all at once. But uh, if oh yeah, talked about games you've been playing recently, and we missed it. Uh, please comment it again. I, I feel I like agree. people answered this question. Then I talked about Bebu, and then we got on PexU. So let's. Let's circle back around. If you've been playing games recently, I'd love to know which ones you're playing. And also, kind of secondary question: uh, What games are you getting for like presents for hol- like for family yeah. games? What like Ooh, have you yeah. bought a gift that you're like really excited to give? That's like under the tree and no one knows about yet. Um, yeah, I'd love I'd love to know because um, I'm like deep in the throes right now at the op of doing like our big holiday campaign and stuff. Mm. Um, and I do feel that I do feel that party games make really good presents to bring home to folks. But I'd love to know
3: what what other people are getting well what's the best present people can get from the op
2: Oh, (laughs) (laughs) what's your number one (laughs) Uh. (laughs) i mean i love i love blank slate that's my that's my go-to it accommodates such a wide variety of ages and also player counts um it's super super easy uh we're doing speaking of blank slate we just wrapped up a giveaway for that yesterday but we're doing giveaways for like all of our party line over on our on our socials, on TikTok and Instagram, I'm doing a little holiday giveaway video every day, and I'm proud of it because they're interactive. So you'll kind of play the game with me, and then like put your answers in the comments on Blank Slate. I like drew some Blank Slate cards and had people give me their answers. And if we happen to match, you would get an entry. So if you want to do a little interactive party nice. game giveaway stuff, go head over to the Op socials. But that's I- <laughs> that sounds great. You
3: can win yourself a free game.
0: There you go. Again.
2: Yeah, and truly like blank Slate has been my my go-to holiday gift forever, just because it so seamlessly integrates into pretty much, pretty much any family dynamic, as long as you, you know, baseline like each other. <laughs> any sort of age <laughs> combination and stuff can can vibe with with blank slate. Um currently testing BJ adaptation for Forever Home. Ooh, I have not I have not heard of okay. that. Um okay, the uh, Rising Blob What's Blob a Party? I like oh, the blob sound party's it.
3: Been, uh, Blob, blob party. Party's been Blob Party's been 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 taking the taking the world by storm actually I don't I know it's like a big sort of party game Danny Standring and Grant Lyon have been really enjoying it. I know Grant played it with some people at WSBG. That's how I know of it. It's this was
2: it was it in the World Series of Board Gaming?
3: (laughs) 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 Party is in, baby. Just like it was like a play play a game with Grant style thing, right? Okay, all right, all right.
2: (laughs) Because right now I'm looking at the BGG page and I'm seeing cooperative party game. I was like, that's not the World Series of Board Gaming that I know.
3: Uh, yeah, Imaginary gives a good description. It's Green Team Wins plus Play Doh. Oh, nice.
2: green
0: I, see. Team wins. Yeah, just, yeah,
3: I like it. Yeah, a couple people are making that the, Green the Team Wins team.
2: comparison. Nice. Gotcha.
3: Mm-hmm. Wow, everyone's
2: heard of this fans. game but me. See, fake Gamer. All right. I got, a, well, you got my. Fake
3: gamer. You're, you're, gamer you're card out of revoked. here. You're out of this dream. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Never heard of Blob Party.
3: We're seeing oh. some return to Dark Tower, some Castle oh, Panic, nice. Nice. some Korra, Rise of an Empire, and Flip Town. Oh, that's nice! Imagine I thought Flip Town looked pretty cool when it was on Kickstarter. It's like just takes a deck of cards, but it's Roll and Write style in the, in the yeah. old class. and you're you're creating. There's like three. You flip up cards, and there's three different places where you can put them in. You put mm-hmm. like the name and yeah. the number and whatever. Um, um, what else uh, we got?
0: Religion says played Mantis for the first time. Would be a good family party game. I love Mantis. I think, for my money, folks, it's the mm. best, like, mainstream uh, game that you can get, like, at Target or Walmart or whatever. Yeah. It's fantastic. A uh, little push-your-luck, little set collection, very quick, maybe 10 minutes or so. Super easy to explain. Highly recommend. And, hey, if you look over on my channel, uh, you might see a video <laughs> or two where Michelle and I play Mantis. Ooh. Nice.
2: I was very confused at first by your description because I was getting Mantis confused with Mantis Falls. Oh, very different very different modules. yeah if like, I'm playing that very wrong <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah totally different game uh, uh, this is the uh, the matches of the game from uh, Matthew Inman uh, he did the uh, yeah. artwork for the the oatmeal hilarious stuff hey look I, I just dropped I just dropped a link in chat you. go check it out another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of
4: America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com
0: slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you're an athlete,
3: you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. I ordered that's <gasps> on a hat for oh. Brother for Christmas and myself. It's a good game. I played that for the first it's time at PAX. Oh, so God. Yeah. It's, it's so really good.
2: fun. It mm. is one of those games where you, I love games that take you by surprise, where you hear that. Yeah. I especially love when you go, that's not a game. And then it is. Yeah. I, yeah, I I that's like my bad, favorite. It was
3: really good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> where you hear something that happened to me also at PAX when I, um, I was introduced to a game called, I don't know how to pronounce it, Dro Polter where I heard the description of it, and I was like, that's literally not a game. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and then I played it, and it might be my game of the year. Like, actually, no wow. joke.
3: Wow, okay. I
2: loved it so much. It was... I just love weird mechanics like that, where you hear the description, and you go, there's no way that that works. There's yeah. no way that that's fun. Yep. And then it is.
0: Lovely. Totally, totally.
2: <laughs> Tony I, says, I'm so bad at That's Not a Hat. That's not surprising. <laughs>
0: no, I, I literally just got a copy of That's Not a Hat in the mail uh, two, a couple of days ago. What is, I I mean, I've heard great things about it, but I have no okay. idea. What, what's the game? Can you give me, like, the elevator pitch? Sure. Do Chris, we, do you, do
2: you uh, we're all, like, ready? <laughs> well,
0: I, I,
3: you, you go ahead, Ray, if you got it. If you don't want to, I got it.
2: Uh, I'll, I'll let you, you prob- you probably do a better job. Go ahead, for it.
3: Oh, well, that's very kind of you to say. It's basically cockroach <laughs> poker meets memory. Uh, And so what
2: will happen
3: is everybody will have uh, a card and it'll have a symbol on it. It might be a hat, let's say, Uh, and then you'll pass it to someone. Everyone will look at each other's card. We have one card. You will flip it over and on the back of your card, there'll be an arrow and that shows which way that card is going to rotate around the circle. And then so somebody will start by drawing a new card and they'll have two cards and they'll have to pass their original card to someone and say, this is a banana. This is a sailboat. This ah. is, and like, so those cards will get passed around really quickly. And it's this sort of shell game shuffle that's going around. And you get to points where people pass you something and go, well, this, mm, <laughs> this <laughs> is that's a my, hat.
2: The, that's a my hat. favorite part.
3: Nice. And then you it, go, is it? Is it? Sometimes you know, and sometimes you don't, and sometimes their confidence just be like, "Man, nah, it's a banana." You're like, "Okay, it's a banana." And then the banana's yeah. across the other, and then somebody else on the next turn will pass you a banana from the other, will be like, "No, this is a banana," and you're like, "What?" what, 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 what <laughs> and then you're gonna have to pass that to somebody and say what it is. You're like, "Okay, so that's not the banana. This is this is the the trampoline." And then people will call you out right. on it and like flip it up, oh, and, it. and you. You got to to make the correct call, right? You got to see if someone's <laughs> telling the truth or not. All right. Yeah, well, it's like
2: instead it. of Cockroach Poker where you're just being like you're bullying each other and you're being really aggressive, <laughs> yeah. everyone's just really confused. Everyone's just <laughs> trying their best. Like yeah, yeah. I, It's like Amazing. the softer version of Cockroach Poker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Belligerent has a really great description, a little bit of telephone, a little bit of telephone mix-in mm. because yeah. it's being passed around. And if you, okay, maybe you yeah. get it wrong the very first time, as long as everyone believes that that's what you said and that's what the card is it like kind of doesn't matter uh so that's a really great way to oh, describe awesome. it um no I was so surprised because the description of it is literally remember a card like yeah. that's that's what you have to do yeah, yeah. and I heard that I was like, there's no way that that is as fun as it sounds but it is the the humor really comes in that this is uh
3: <laughs> Yeah, I was playing it, and and then eventually we just started shouting out all the wrong like answers to people. Like, no, that's a cake over there. That's a cake. And they're like, no, cake's here. I'm like, no, I got the cake over here. I love it. And just, it's like, so trolling good. everybody around the table. That is yeah, great. Very good. My
2: one complaint <laughs> is that it's hard to play multiple games of it back-to-back, because you'll start oh, yeah. to remember the items from the past game that aren't even on the table, oh, but yeah. they'll weasel their way into your brain. It's so great. It's so great. I'm
0: looking back. Yeah, that makes it even better. Yeah, Tony literally just said that. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: it's worse when you play multiple rounds and people start saying things from the previous game. Yeah, yeah it's mean. one of those things where it kind of has to be, uh, at least for me, the way I play it, like a filler game. In between other games, you can bookend a game night with some rounds of that's not a hat nice I, oh, man i just love it no see i, I like it. that
3: extra level because you're like this is a bicycle <laughs> you're like that's la- that's last yeah. round and you're like "Oh god!" <laughs> it adds to that sort of mental panic of Again, like it's what, the... what what is going on right. here yeah oh, see
2: crazy. it all come full circle back to blood on the clock tower just like gaslighting each other <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah here on the rnr and so R show the the four R's stand for gaslighting. They start with, they. Right. gaslighting starts with R. I don't know what you've been exactly. thinking your whole life,
0: but it starts with it R. And now. if you think oh, anything man. else, you're crazy.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, meeples Ooh, and Mocktails, um... thank you for uh, the correction. Mantis isn't designed by the Exploding Kitten designer, but Kangruel, known for Cahoots and Happy Seven, yes. Um, the artwork <laughs> is from the oatmeal, but the designer, yes, is uh, Kangruel. I love Happy Seven. Mm. I'm so glad you brought that out. It's one of my all-time favorite games it's one of the few games i kid you not on bgda that i ranked a perfect 10 i think happy salmon is it it is an awesome awesome game yeah fun again <laughs> says it stands for ray is gaslighting you, yeah.
4: <laughs> you yeah.
3: what's up
2: trombone welcome on in um um so uh i don't know how to say your name bod hillbelly but hillbelly so Zenomi is a great end of night game too Yes, yeah. I, I like to f- fancy myself as a connoisseur of like end of the night games. That's my yeah, that's like when people say, what's your favorite type of game? I kind of feel like I should start saying that because that's where I feel like all of my favorite, all of my favorite game night memories come from. It's after yeah. you've played like your Crunchy, your strategy game. And then it's like, all right, yeah. we want to do one more game. What's it going to be? It's always something stupid. Like, <laughs> that's not a hat that just ends up being what people remember from that game night. Yes. So that's another kind of question for chat. What's your what's your go to end of the night game when you've had a couple friends over. What's your what's that small box game you pull out when it's like we got 15 more minutes? What are we playing? Well, you know, yeah, to
3: diplomat that, that was exactly what I was gonna say, Ray. Your favorite game night is the end when everyone goes home. That's what you're trying <laughs> to tell us. You're like, my favorite part of game night is when it's over. When all these and people, leave oh my no, home.
2: <laughs> all these people get out of my house. To be fair, I am always the host of game night. So there does come a point where I'm like, get out
0: of my house. <laughs> yeah. You know, one game that I'm looking forward to, and I you know I tweeted this out to you, Ray, the other day, but I got my Happy! Uh, yes, Yum Yum Ruel, That
2: made my day. Yeah. Nice. I was so happy. <laughs> oh man! Amazing. If you missed our last episode of the R R R R R R show, Arr, uh, mm-hmm. I talked about Yum Yum Island <laughs> as my number one favorite food food themed game. It's Nonsense, and I'm so happy that you own it. And I feel like Charlotte and I should get commissions at this point with how much we talk about this game yeah. that no one's ever heard of.
0: <laughs> I'm super excited to get it to the table. I'm, I will definitely bring be bringing it to my family's uh, Christmas gathering uh, this year. Good. Cannot wait.
2: Ooh, Bing Sushi Go Party is a great answer. Oh, for yeah. End of the night yeah. game. Yeah. That's, that's a fantastic good.
0: one. Yep.
2: Oh, my God. Fog Light. I was so sad. I, I saw Fog Light at PAXU, and I. <laughs> If you missed last episode, I was talking about how Yum Yum Island sort of has this meme like status in my friend group where it just becomes like the game we play at conventions. It's just perfect. Saturday night everyone's a little bit loopy you bring out Yum Yum Island at a con it's perfect the problem is that we don't coordinate who's bringing it so no one brought it to PAX I didn't have it Charlotte didn't have it Jamie didn't have it so we couldn't play Yum Yum Island and I feel like we need to instigate like a sisterhood of the traveling Yum Yum Island where every time (laughs) someone it's someone's job to bring this game because I was so I was genuinely so devastated when I bumped into Charlotte and she's like I didn't bring it I thought you were bringing it and then we didn't. We didn't get to yum yum at PAX. Oh, so that no. was my that was my greatest disappointment of PAX Unplugged this year.
3: No yum. Yeah, no, I no. would watch as, uh, as the, the the threequel Sisterhood of the Traveling Yum Yum Island. <laughs> I think that yes. one's going to be really bring
0: the trilogy home. Yes. Yeah,
4: the yeah.
0: Sisterhood of the Traveling uh, series. Yeah. <laughs> Trombone says the show will have so many R's in the name, y'all will just turn into pirates. Yeah, that is our goal. Trombone it's Just Yeah, uh, we, we should start wearing eye patches. The uh, first. We're going to rebrand. Yeah. yeah, we're rebranding. Yep. Yeah.
3: The pirate the show, pirate show. And not tell anybody why. <laughs> <laughs> They're like they Ooh, don't man. talk about pirates. Specifically, never talk about any pirate game. Like never mention Dead Reckoning, never mention Fall, <laughs> anything. This is, you just can't do it. Yeah.
0: Uh Hexar Dragon, Ooh, thank you so get much in. Those for
3: Those are good describing. answers.
2: Uh Cat Lady King Domino and Phantom Inc., all all bangers. Oh, yeah. Very, very good choices. Yeah, for sure. Um, and Scout as well, Polar <laughs> Monkey. Oh, also high polar monkey. It was really good to see it Pax as well. Scout is a fantastic answer. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes my brain too EP for a scout at the end of the night though that yeah. like <laughs> game too hard yeah, Totally. <laughs> when it's when it's the end like when i'm saying end of the night game i mean i mean that's not a hat
0: you're right. <laughs> so it,
2: that's my level of mental ability at that point
0: agreed
3: well you're saying uh, game too hard that's somebody was saying poetry for neanderthals was in there too <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, maybe you're playing that one
2: God, that's such a good game, though. Have y'all played the...
0: Uh, <laughs> the There's something about librarians, like the shouting librarians or something like that. Have y'all played that one? Oh, that's a new from Exploding yeah. Kittens. Loud uh, librarians really, or something. Re- I haven't played it. Haven't really either. loud librarians.
2: I haven't played it yet, but yeah. man, their it lineup seems is like so that. good lately that I just assume it's good. Yep. I haven't played it, though. I
3: agree. A friend of mine oh. sent a picture of it to me recently and was like, this this game? Any good? I was like, I've never heard of this game until right now. <laughs> really? But like, Here's all this detail for you. Yeah. And they're like, thank you.
2: God. <laughs> The, can we talk real quick? Can we have a little support group moment for being the designated friend who people have to, who people go to to ask, "Is this game good?" There's too much pressure yeah. involved yeah. in being the arbiter in your group of like, "Game good?" Be like, I don't yeah. sweating profuse like you won't like, like, like it. I, gotta I don't tell like you it because of the production value yeah. and like, listen, I'm gonna like, tell you some. I'm gonna yeah. ruin this game for you. Yeah. There's it's too much pressure. Yeah, because uh, I again, I my friend group is a lot of people who who are new to games, kind of only play games when they come over to my house and I would be always the go-to person who they're like, game good? You like this? Can I, I saw this at Target, isn't it good? Game I'm like, good? I don't
0: know. Yeah. I, whenever I get asked questions like that, it, it always leads to me asking like 10 more questions. Well, what's the situation? How many players? Yeah, you know, who's coming to have anyone? <laughs> has anyone ever played games before? Blah, blah, blah. So it's always like this laundry list. Okay, now I can narrow it down to what, if it's going to yeah. be good. It's yeah. like,
3: I need to know everything yeah. about you and your preferences yeah. and what your goals are God. with this exactly. game right now. And maybe I can tell you to get that copy of Fireball Fireball Island for 15 bucks in so that bargain <laughs> right. store. Right. Oh
2: God, I found out. One of my mom's friends, because uh, my mom's a big board gamer, and she's been slowly getting all of her like friends into board gaming. Nice. Uh, and I found out that one of her friends bought Fox Experiment for two hundred and fifteen dollars. What?
3: No. Mm-hmm. What? It
2: was on don't Amazon that. for that price or something. Oh, wow. And she was like, "Is she's like I saw it for more expensive? Is it a better game at this price?" Oh, my and my God. mom was like, "No, no, 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 don't no, do that." No. Oh my! God. God. But it was too that. late. It was too late. Yeah. So yikes. So So that's one of those instances where I'm like, I wish you had checked with someone before you bought this because anyone who knows this hobby would have said game probably good. Game too expensive, You're, but find it yeah, somewhere else. Yeah. That's not good. Oh Don't do that. Gosh, wow. So it's yeah, it was amazing. like the deluxe edition, but yeah. I I think that's like twice a what that was like on Kickstarter. Yeah. Oh yeah,
3: oh, yeah, yeah for totally. sure. Yeah. Would have gone for like a hundred tops. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Major yikes! Yeah, so it's wow. Yeah, so now she's trying to sell it to me. She's like, "Would your daughter want it?" And my mom's like, "Not for an extra hundred dollars, she wouldn't." Right? No, no.
0: Board <laughs> Game Geek TV is raiding the child. Thank you, Board Game Yo. Geek TV. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Dropping the bombs. Let us know what you've been up to. BGG TV, you're the watching bombs. the R&R&R&R and R and R and R show today, episode 79. <laughs> that's it, baby. Yeah. The four R's. The R's, the better.
2: <laughs> and if you're just joining from that raid, tell me your favorite um, small box game to bring out at the end of the night. That's what, we're, mm-hmm. that's what we're chatting about right now. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hi, Slivers. Hello. Slivers in the, the house. The in friends. Yes. Um, Trombone Dogs as a coworker, was like, "Oh, Paxi is a board game thing, right? What are some good games?" And I panicked and asked so many follow-up questions. Oh. Well, you have
4: to. <laughs> right? You have you to. You can't
2: just. Yeah. You can't just recommend some. That's that's um, irresponsible to just be willy nilly. Recommending games yeah. to just anybody, you gotta know their preferences, Holy. you gotta know their playgroup size, you gotta know their attention span potential. Because
3: right? you got Lots one shot, you, you got one shot in a lot of these yeah. honey I
2: mean, forever.
3: <laughs> yeah. You got one shot to really get them in to strap them down and and <laughs> peel their eyes open and and play that video that'll hypnotize them for 24 hours. You got one shot to do it. Oh my gosh.
0: Very nice reference to Clockwork Orange, Chris. If I, I believe that's what you're referencing, I hope. Um Wow, very nice. Uh, Linnea says, "So Just so
2: games season. you hate. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> no, I take, a lot of, I take a lot. of responsibility in being like the person people go to, but then I get very, I get very overwhelmed. Yeah.
3: It's, um, it's it's the it's the Spider Man. With great power comes great responsibility. We cannot we cannot you know. abuse that. Well, as ambassadors to to the board gaming hobby, we can't we can't abuse this. It's, That's right. Everything is so important when there's a recommendation. I cannot. I'm getting stressed just thinking about it. I'm thinking <laughs> about a right. recommendation coming down sweating. the line. I'm like, oh, do I have my picks lined up? Are they good enough?
0: <laughs> oh man it's stressful I, I like this you know, it's
2: a bus air welcome on in hi
0: friends I, I like what Linnea said here there's a freedom though when your main group of non-gamers realizes not to buy you games because for a few years it was like oh Linnea likes games let's buy her one and i'm stuck with some game i probably don't yeah. really have or didn't want yeah that's so true yeah like my whole yeah. family knows now. Do not buy Ruel games. There there's just no no point uh, at this point. There's yeah, no yeah, point, you know. Yeah, coming up for Christmas that that comment of Christmas, I
3: know this Christmas I'm not going to get any games. And for and one one aspect that makes me sad cuz like it's it's the, the greatest joy, um but in the other aspect I'm like, "Oh yeah, I have all these things that I have to review." <laughs> right Thank you. Exactly. Thank you for not adding another thing to the list. <laughs> right. And then in another thing, I just got an email from Miniature Market being like, "Your your order shipping." And I was like, "Which one?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm it like, oh, so revive and footprints are on their way. I guess so.
2: It's kind of like a Christmas. It's kind of like gifting game, like gifting stuff to yourself, especially when you buy yeah. so many games and you just have no memory of what it's going to be. It's like, oh, it's surprised me. I totally forgot I ordered this. Yeah. I completely yeah. forgot that I backed Fox experiment until it showed up on my door, and I was like, oh yeah, oh thank you. And, pass and, me. Look and at until that. you got
3: the bill for. <laughs> Three hundred and fifty dollars and realized it was this it was a
0: real steal of a deal. Poor,
2: poor thing.
0: Uh Sea uh, Otter just got thirty-two pounds of Marvel Zombies in the mail. I love when you can measure your games. Oh my Sea Otter. That's,
4: oh my god.
0: Yeah. I got to meet Sea Otter yeah. uh, I packed packs like, and Very nice meeting you friend. I'm 32. so glad we got to play games. Thirty-two pounds is a lot. That that's a that's a ton of that's
2: games. a that's a child. Yeah. That's seriously. Like, that's insane.
0: Yeah. That's I will more, say though. It's more than a
3: child.
2: I felt pretty bamboozled recently. I got my copy of Septima, finally. I'm very late. There's a story as to why I got my copy so late. Um, I got my copy of Septima. I don't know if I missed this or if it was clear on the Kickstarter page somewhere how massive that game is. It's oh, the, huge. The, yeah. the
3: deluxe version? I,
2: am I? Did I? Yeah. I did not know. It was like like eight inches, like depth-wise. That's, in, that's insane. Wow. The largest game I own, because I, I live in a small apartment, I don't have that. I'm very, I try to be very careful about just not buying large, physically large games. The biggest game I own, space-wise, is Nemesis, and this mm. is substantially larger than Nemesis, and I was not expecting that. So I gotta, <laughs> I gotta figure out what to do about that. Yeah,
3: that was surprising to see. Uh, I think it's <laughs> because of the, the game tray organization and that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah, I, I was. I I managed to talk myself out of doing the deluxe. I'm probably going to get it at retail just because I was like, "Ah, I don't need these
0: extra fun little wooden beautiful tokens. Oh, God,
3: I miss you so much. Uh (laughs) So nice.
0: (laughs) You know, that's actually an interesting thing. Like, what would I think a fun list would do would be your favorite like what you think the best games are pound for on a pound for pound basis right Ooh, mm.
2: please let me please let me make a game show about that where yeah, it's do
3: about that. guessing oh the way yeah guess the, way. Oh, guess the weight oh yeah we better. please, we do, please that. Like, yeah, we'll do that price yeah. is
2: right type thing please yeah, let's oh, do that, that. Gosh, that'd yeah. be so that's fun <laughs> yep. i want to i have so many like board game game show ideas i want to do i want to do that i want to do um some sort of game show where you have to like order them and in, in terms of like relative to each other on when they came out. I think there's so many fun little board game game show ideas you could um, do.
0: I totally like a uh, the whole like Prices Right thing, right? Like I'm just thinking all the different games they have on Prices Right and just replace them all with board games. Right? Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think that'd be so Plinko,
0: fun. you just throw
3: a bunch of board game boxes down a <laughs> down a mountain. Big thing. <laughs> right.
0: Expansion boxes that you've already put the stuff in. Come on, oh, I'm not a monster. Speaking of Plinko, have you played that game, Oh no Volcano? It's by it's Oh from, no. Yeah, oh no. It's a what? game. By, I feel
2: like that name sounds familiar. Yeah. It came it. it
0: was out at Gen Con this year. It's from Buffalo Games. The designer is Phil Walker Harding. Praise be. Um okay. it's wonderful. It's basically Fireball Island meets um, Plinko, and you're just dropping little fireballs <laughs> down and trying to knock off the uh climbers. It's fantastic. It's so Ooh, good. It sounds like oh yeah, oh yes, Fireball. Oh Island. yes, Fireball <laughs> Island. It's been replaced by oh no volcano. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> wonderful game. Have,
2: is it, like, dexterity, almost, like, the way you're, like... Yeah. Is that the game is literally just dropping it down?
0: Yeah, so yeah, uh, you have uh, some fun. hand management. So you're trying to climb up to certain spots to get the gems. And then as you uh, put your climber up, the next part of the game, like, you put, you do your climber, then the next part is dr- randomly drop a fireball, depending on where the card tells you. And then if it hits your mm. climber, you fall off. You have to start at the bottom again. But you do get a little makeup with some, uh, some bonus cards. I mean, it's like a 20 minute game it's so much fun i love, I it. love it yeah love it yeah and uh, that's awesome andrew scott's asking is there some sort of special guest coming on today there is we're uh oh. just hanging out here extending because instead of the normal 10 12 15 games we're talking we're only talking about five games today folks so <laughs> that's why we started a little later we we're talking about our top five stone Martin games and we have a special guest coming on um we're super excited folks and I think Richards already oh, talked yeah. about who it was. I've already, I've already blabbed about who it is. So yeah, it's Jamie. Yeah, it's Jamie there <laughs> yeah. He's going to join us. So I talked about it. I was like, "Oh yeah, come, come
3: join our show." Uh, speaking of which, we probably should get the the list started soonish. Yeah. For oh, timing, that's right. For when, oh uh, for when Jamie comes and joins us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's oh a good. Oh boy, uh, let's do that like in. right now. Yeah. Yeah. I was <laughs> having we we're having so much fun with the chat. Me this too. is great. Holy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't want to leave chat. I get so much. That's the hardest thing for me about being on the show is we're going to have to say goodbye to chat soon. And I get, I get separated. Yeah, I just,
3: I still I read it and, just, and I, I just know, take them. I just say it as if I came up with their funny ideas. That's.
2: that's <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> uh, but I do just a quick one to say before we say goodbye to them. Um, I really appreciate everyone. Everyone showed up today. Again, I see a lot of, a lot of familiar faces in chat and truly it means so much to me. I miss uh, talking about board games on, on stream. So thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you guys for showing up and talking to me. I appreciate it. I'm excited to like be a part of this. Going forwards so. Yeah, we love having you here. I want to say doing, that because right? this and means a lot to me to be here. So I want to make sure I I properly thank everyone who's come out to, to support me. I really appreciate it.
0: Awesome. Why don't we do a battle royale? The going are going to gonna send chat battle. to a farm upstate. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck, everybody. <laughs> battle yeah. royale. duke it out. And, Pieces. Uh, one of you is going to get extra uh, points to customize your avatars. And here we go.
3: Mm-hmm. And and whoever wins uh, also oh, has my heart as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of there's a lot of little Give it away. little people. Yeah. Well, have
0: one. Oh, your mic got Uh-oh. real your weird. Your mic's going so off. Uh, you are underwater.
2: Okay. There,
3: oh, you're fine. You're fine. There we go. Yeah. Yep. yeah. It sounded well, like sometimes. It was somebody ripping my heart out from my chest. And I had to, I had to deal with it. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, oh, thank like goodness. Crazy. I just oh, saw yeah. Andrew, Andrew, Scott I Andrew Scott. I know. Andrew Scott just got murdered again. Okay. So I'm very
0: happy about that. I always love to see it.
2: Yeah, Jamie. Jamie Wood. Let's go. Yes, no.
0: Jamie Wood. Um... All right. So we've <clears> got that. Um, I just pressed a button. Can y'all still hear me? Oh yeah. I can
2: hear you. Okay. But well you're probably not asking us.
0: Oh, no, I, I, was, asking you, I was asking I was asking anyone. I I press this button. Okay. Well it looks like it's it's working. Okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's a stance
3: I like to take. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All questions. Mine. Unique one Yeah.
3: First. Even even when I ask even yeah, yeah, unique one for a
2: unique for one for a, a man.
3: For a white male. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm a of Lebanese. Uh <laughs> okay so there's um, that uh, we're going to say goodbye but not so long we're we all just we're going to take say goodbye to the avatars right now um, so know. we can do this Please. YouTube thing and I'm going to check our scene here um, there's hey there's me let me get the keyboard out of the way
3: Yeah, and we're, I'm excited. I'm excited to do this top five. And then we're going to stick around to chat because then we'll have a, sort of a Q&A with, with Jamie as well yeah, afterwards. And we're just going to chat about like design process and like the industry. And so if, if you have any questions, uh, you can ask them then as well. And uh, so you can think of some questions to ask. And we'll we'll just have a little chat after we finish the list for the end of the show. And that's what it'll, yeah, definitely.
0: That's what it'll be. Awesome. Cool. Uh, So, we will kick it off with uh, Richard's recorded an intro, uh, talking about our sponsor. Uh, We'll go to this scene right here. And then, Chris, if you would like to talk about... I'm going to show this scene here. I can give a rundown on how it it plays. Yeah. I I think, actually, in the the Richard's intro, um, he talks about the game. So, if you could just talk about, hey, the playmat. Because that's what we're showcasing here. Oh, yeah. Great. That sounds great. Yeah. Cool. Happy to do that. Awesome. Thank you, sir. And... um, yeah, I think we're good to go. Uh, Ray, how are you feeling? Good?
2: I'm feeling good.
0: Okay. Oh, and excited. Chris, we're good?
2: Let's do it.
3: I'm feeling fantastic. All right. Cool. Let's, let's Just, get going. it so. to one, one, up. one
2: up me. All right. Yeah. Yeah.
3: There you go. <laughs> setting the tone. I'm setting the tone. All right. <laughs> I'm number five on the list and I feel inferior. You're <laughs> 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 compensating. Yeah. Oh, I'm compensating
0: of, for something. Let me make sure yeah. this comes out. Uh, me. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Let's see. So I have this screen here. Where's the overhead?
3: Maybe one of these days I'll, I'll get to be number four or, or oh. even number three.
2: Always a bridesmaid, never a bride.
3: Yeah. <laughs> ah, but that's just because I'm that's... a wedding
0: crasher. So, <laughs> Okay, see, I need to copy over some stuff right now. I'm glad we tested that. Uh, copy and paste into this scene here. Y'all get to see the making hey, of can sausage we a, whenever we do this here. So
2: Can we get a, uh, some hype emotes in chat for for Ruel? Running the back end on a story oh, like yeah, this is hard. It's super difficult. I, I know I Much used to do it a lot, you. and it's a lot of work. I just get to show up now and just talk about <laughs> is games. It, isn't <laughs> it great? I have the easiest job in the world, so everybody... <laughs> Uh, tell Ruel how much you love him because he's doing an amazing job.
0: Thank you so much. I
3: appreciate that. Well, what other great games can we talk about while we while we get set up here? Uh, I I also was playing uh, Neotopia from um, Arcane Ooh. Wonders as well, Ooh. and uh, I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah, That's it's nice. uh, it, it it was it, it was uh, more strategic than than I expected it to be. You have all these Ooh. these different colors. And you have three different areas where you can put them in. And so you can put okay. them in any of the three areas and you're trying to make patterns on cards to score points. But then you, you it's basically Kinesia scoring where you score the most points mm. for the place where you have the least amount. But they Got just, it. they have you multiply it by three. So it feels like you, your other things have added to it, but it doesn't really, you know. What's it called? So tell
2: it, me the name of the game again.
3: Uh, Neotopia
2: neotopia i just want to i want to i am a visual person i want to see oh yeah. it while you're describing yeah,
3: it. yeah 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 100 percent. yeah look at all the look at all that hype in the chat yeah chat, you're, you're, y'all are amazing Thank you, look at that i feel the love I feel, I feel the love. I see the bobbin heads. Well, too
2: bad. It's not for you. It's for Ruel. Don't well, stop. Again, I'm That's assuming my it's for about me. You, Chris.
3: I'm fairly certain all of those emotes are only for me. Uh, and I'd like to thank you chat personally for, for putting all of them just, just for me. The star. Yeah. You know what the, you know what my R stands for. It doesn't stand for a ruined board. It stands for star. <laughs> Oh, but it's no canon best. it's canon i've said it on, no st- it on stream best. it's it's locked in <laughs> okay <It's much laughs> the, dr out. prof says this is for chris one single heart baby yes <laughs> yeah dr Prov. <Brav. laughs> goblin says uh woo ruel boo chris because he's so they're so scared of, of how much they like me So that's good. (laughs) Uh, We're pretty good there. Uh, Bloody Lion gives me a a very angry owl, angry again at how much uh, they appreciate me being here.
2: <laughs> i gotta say i'm looking at pictures of uh neotopia now is gorgeous oh yeah it is it's a beautiful look at game. that Be satisfying okay i want it
3: to,
2: i want to eat those pieces those yeah. little those little discs i want to I'll put them in my mouth yeah
0: <laughs> they yeah, look yeah. 100%. very
2: edible <laughs> and that is a major plus in my book
0: <laughs> okay Bex, AG Bex Fox says we're all here for going.
3: Chris bashing. We're all here for the Chris bashing, that, that Richard often does. Yeah, we're all
0: I'm all here right, for really? that too. <laughs> let's let's get this show on the road, eh Royal? Yeah, let's do this. Okay. We're ready. Uh let's get this intro. And folks, thanks again <laughs> for sticking around. Uh once again, if there's a raid or anything like that, just let folks know that we were doing this for YouTube and we will uh get to uh question and stuff in the letter the last half of the show, uh probably about thirty mm-hmm. minutes in or so after we have Jamie join us. But first we're gonna talk about yeah, some Sonomar games. And let's go to Richard. <laughs>
5: Hey everybody, this week's episode of the R&R&R show is brought to you by Arcane Wonders and their new game, Age of Wonders: Planetfall, which is a very cool fast-playing card drafting engine-building game where every round we're coming to a new planet that we are trying to conquer by grabbing cards. And the tricky thing is, on each planet, each player is only going to get to grab two cards, and it's always going to be a tough choice of to what to sacrifice and what to focus on because of big in-game objectives that everybody can be chasing after throughout the game. The other tricky thing is, depending on which card you grab, that could put you earlier or later in turn order for subsequent rounds. And that can add an extra level of complexity to the decision-making as well. Now, this is a pretty smooth, fast-playing game. It's almost a gateway plus, and based on a very popular video game franchise. And if you'd like to know more about it, Shay has done a run-through. There's going to be a Link for that down below, and also a link uh, to the publisher's page if you'd like to know more about this month's sponsor, Age of Wonders: Planetfall. And now, let's get on with the show. And and hello,
0: friends. I was uh, touched uh, hitting my mic button, and it wasn't coming on, but it is on now. Thank you, friends, so much for joining us. It's the R and R and R and R show. Uh, my name is Ruel Gaviola. Join as always by Chris and Ray who is hanging out with us today. How's it going, friends?
2: Very good, real. I'm very happy to be back and super excited to talk about Stonemire. It's one of my um consistently like favorite publishers. They have some of my favorite games. So I am very very excited about our list today.
3: Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a it's going to be a fun it's a fun list. And it's also I love that this episode is sponsored by not Stonemire, but Arcane Wonders. <laughs> yeah. And that and that Arcane it's it's just like such a wonderful representation of like publishers, supporting publishers. I feel like the board gaming hobby is such like a a lovely community. And you see that from like a publisher standpoint as well. Uh, I've I've always had really great interactions from a consumer standpoint with Arcane Wonders. I feel like I tell my customers really? my great customer service story about them all the time, where they just like Ooh. went above and beyond when when they had Sheriff and some of my stuff wasn't working. It felt so good, mm-hmm. uh, and so it's it's just like another example of like it's really cool that like publishers are just like yeah yeah that's fine top five Star games it's cool Arcane <laughs> Wonders we like to we like to build people up so I just think that's like really cool and like a wonderful thing that that you would you probably wouldn't see in a lot of other sort of industries as well
0: right and uh, richard in the intro was talking about uh, planetfall age of wonders planetfall and I want to show this off. It's on my table right now, folks. Now, I have not played the game yet, but I have it all set up on this wonderful play mat. And I really wanted to, mm-hmm. I, I love, before we came on here, uh, we do a pre-show, folks. And you can click on the show notes below to check out all the chit-chat that we do. Ray had mentioned yeah, the artwork in this. And this is, I mean, it's beautiful. Yes. I, I love this. And it's right, it's right there embedded into the uh, playmat mat itself. Yeah,
2: yeah no, I know. I love this style. It's I wouldn't uh, style is not the right word, but I love the artistic choice mm-hmm. to have a really dark background. And then those pops of super bright colors. I don't know if it's just me. It makes me nostalgic for like wise and otherwise like that, that color scheme you don't see very often. And I just, I love it. It's so distinctive and so unique. And you don't. You don't see it very often. It has a really beautiful table presence. And then, of course, in addition, that beautiful playmat that kind of draws yeah. it all together is, is totally. stunning.
3: Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah, I was saying, I was saying before that you saw in Shay's uh, little run through that Shay had just like a little piece of piece of cardboard and you extend the cards out from that. Yep. And I'm I'm really not a playmat person, but I saw this at PAX on the playmat, and I was like, oh yeah, it's also beautifully organized. Everything has its like little spot. Yep. And then when I was pulling out my own cards, I was like, oh, but we're but where's all the little spots for it? Where's all the all the
4: nice little <laughs> but spots? But how do until, I know? Right?
3: It's one of those things where like when you're creating that sort of static tableau, it actually it actually does feel feel really nice and, and sort of helps with the setup as well, which I appreciate. I appreciate playmats that like help to the functionality of the game and aren't just like a playmat for playmat's sake. because yep. uh, yeah. I I like if it if that, that way I can justify it a little bit more, I'm like, okay, no, it actually sort of increases the the functionality, makes it easier to like lay things out, yeah. and be All organized it. for everybody looking at it. Uh Furnaces playmat is very very similar to that functionality yes. aspect as well. Also by Arcane Wonders.
0: Another Arcane Wonders game, yes.
2: Yeah. It's like one of the few deluxified bits that actually I, I can justify as well. I'm I'm mm. never a deluxifier normally, but playmats are so nice. It just helps it with accessibility of getting it to the table. It's one let fewer things you'd have to like look up and double check. And yeah, It will be really helpful for new players who are visual to see where things are supposed to go and how they stack up and stuff. Super helpful.
0: Exactly. And um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a sucker too for a good play, Matt. So So uh, again, thanks to our sponsor Arcane yeah. Wonders. But now let's uh, mm-hmm. talk about some Stonemaier games. We're talking about our top five folks. Let's do it. Uh, like Ray, <laughs> Stonemaier is one of my favorite um, um, companies. I always, uh, I seem like I always enjoy their games. But we're going to talk, we've narrowed it down to our top five. It was a pretty tough uh, call here, but um, why don't we get to it uh, who's got our number five is that you I think it's me Chris I yeah don't know what, what you got for our number yeah. five my friend
3: I think it's me uh, and if something else pops up I'm just gonna take credit for it as I like to do <laughs> uh, and somebody else can roll with it on the fly for my pick yeah um, my my number five though I feel like very excited to get this number five pick because I feel like I get to pick um, sort of an a, a little bit of, a, of an outlier you know what I mean I feel like there's the, the hits I expect to see uh, but this one I, I was really torn between a lot of them to to put it into this uh, this pick, but my pick is uh, Rolling Realms, Nice. Uh, Rolling Realms by Stonemire, right. which yeah. which was uh, like a pandemic game. It was really a pandemic game. It has evolved into this like really cool thing. Uh, there, you get three realms uh and they'll be shuffled up they'll be different each game the combinations will be different and then on your turn you you roll two dice and you take those numbers and you can put them into some of the realms but you can only put them into two right And, and so each of the realms has its own little mini game of things you're trying to complete to get points but you can also get resources that you can spend to chain into another realm and so the way they all interact with each other is uh really fun really fun a solid roll and write a solid price as well uh, easy to play with a, a ton of people as long as you know they had the cards or, or whatever and just like a really lovely addition i love its story too that it started out as just like a, a pandemic game that we, we want to be able to, to play games uh while while we weren't uh able to be around each other and so uh I, yeah i like i like a i like it a lot it's uh it's a top rolling right for me and is, is great and it's not what i what i i kind of forgot about it because i think of it was not my typical Stonemeyer thinking and then sure. i was looking through the list i was like oh rolling rocks of course that's my
0: pick yeah yeah i i love this game and you're right it's i love the story about behind it as you know started in the pandemic and it became a real thing and I, uh, this is uh, folks if you haven't seen this before uh richard and i actually played this live here on the channel and you can go uh, uh to the link in the show notes and you can play along with us and see how you fare against the dice that we rolled um i love that the dice are like so huge and just ginormous it's just a fun fun little uh component there but yeah it's such a wonderful wonderful rolling right
2: yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I, I agree with what Goblin said. Goblin said good choice, not that there are any bad choices. Truly, Stormire yeah. is one of those publishers where I'm like I have not I've not disliked any game that they've put out. So that's that's a great option. I feel like I kind of missed out on Rolling Realms. I didn't get into Roll and Rights until somewhat recently, so my my great shame is I actually haven't played it. I only got into Roll and Rights like a little over a year ago, I was a terrible elitist for a long time of like <laughs> I'm in this hobby for collecting. What am I gonna do? Collect paper? Like I was so <laughs> not into Rollin' rights for such a long time. So I it's one of the few Stonemaier games I actually haven't played. So maybe I will this will inspire me to go to go back oh, yeah. in and give yeah. it a shot. It's-
0: Super good. Super it, easy it's it's pull, so pick great, right? Yeah. I, if you yeah. like you know, rolling rights, I think this is one of those games that you should have in your collection because it, it's so, um, yeah. it's just so robust and so great. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, that's our number five. And uh, Ray, mm-hmm. you've got a number four for us. I
2: do. All right. So I want to reiterate, this is hard for me. I really like Stonemaier games. <laughs> yep. I uh, There's so many good ones. And I wanted to say Apiary, but I haven't played enough Apiary to put it on this list. So I ultimately decided on Wingspan because it it had to be on this list somewhere. Yes. and I I love Wingspan so much. I don't think it needs an introduction. Uh, but by some chance, if you have stumbled upon this video and you are like birds, huh? What's this game? Uh, let me briefly explain to you. They, they just what found Wingspan it through their is. bird
3: coaching. It's true. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. So Wingspan is a beautiful engine building game about collecting birds and designed by Elizabeth Hargrave. You're going to be collecting various types of birds and placing them in one of three habitats. You've got this tree canopy area up at the top. You've got this grassland area in the middle, and then you have water at the bottom. And you're going to be slotting these birds into these different habitats, depending on those birds' real life habitats, which pin in that scientific accuracy. We'll get back to it. Uh, And then that's how you're going to be building your, your engine. Um, we had been discussing the last couple of weeks about like best engine builder games and whatever. And that's a really hard mechanism to define. But Wingspan is one of the Mm -hmm. few games where I'm like, this really distills what engine building is. It's a really clean and simple engine builder. It's one of the reasons why I love it. But the way you're gonna be building your engine is by placing those birds into those different habitats. And those different habitats are also going to correspond to the major actions that you can take in the game. So for example, if you want your birds to lay eggs, you're gonna go to the grasslands to lay eggs and then the fun part is when you go to do that, you also, generally speaking, activate most of the birds that you've placed in your grassland. So as you're playing birds, it increases the power of those various actions that you need to take to play the game. And I picked Wingspan as my choice for this list for two, two main reasons, one, It's just the undeniable impact that this game had on the hobby. You can say you don't like Wingspan, you're wrong, that's fine, you're allowed to be wrong, but you cannot deny the incredible impact that this game had on the industry and on this space. Uh, for kind of anecdotally, I was in college when Wingspan came out and I was an earth science major. So I was in with all like the crunchy granola naturey kids, <laughs> none of whom had ever showed any interest in a board game prior. And all of a sudden Wingspan comes out and I'm walking into the cafeteria and I literally saw four kids from my class sitting down playing Wingspan. And it it reached corners that I feel us as a hobby and as an industry, we're struggling to reach for the longest time. And there's layers to that. So like my initial layer that I saw was like the like academic people, right? People who have that sort of puzzly brain, but maybe never thought to pick up a board game. They didn't like them as a kid. And then they forgot about them. Wingspan, because it is scientifically accurate, it has this nature, beautiful, science theme behind it. That got a lot of those folks into the game. And then if you step out another step, the theme itself is soft and beautiful. It doesn't have a gray palette. It's not about trains. It's not about war. (laughs) It's not about a lot of those themes that our hobby gets stereotyped as being like, that's all it is, right? I want to be very clear to say, like it's not that soft, beautiful themes haven't always existed, but there was some perfect storm about Wingspan where it was for Mm -hmm. many people, the first game that they saw that had, the, that had that kind of soft, beautiful theme. Uh, and then even one layer further than that, it was also for a lot of people the first game that they saw that had a prominent woman designer. Mm-hmm. So there are all these, it was just this multiple layers of reaching people who, who have grown to love this hobby, but that we were struggling to reach for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I can't, you can't knock Wingspan for that amazing impact that it had on the hobby. And then the second reason I picked it is because I love it. I've probably played this game <laughs> maybe? More than any other, like, strategy game because I can get it to the table so easily. So many, again, as I mentioned during the pre-show, I spent a lot of time playing board gamers with, like, non-gamers or people who are only, got half a foot (laughs) in the hobby. Uh And Wingspin is such an easy game to get to the table. It's got gorgeous production value. I, again, come from a science background, so I really appreciate the theme. Um, From a mechanical perspective, I love that you can kind of go all in on one specific strategy like obviously you need to balance it a little bit but i resent games that make me do everything equally i don't like that let yeah. me let <laughs> me just lay eggs for like three rounds and see how many points i can get <laughs> i right. like that if you get the right cards you can have these ridiculous games where you're stacking so many water birds that it's like an inch thick i i like that it gives you that opportunity and then of course the three expansions for this game are top-notch, incredible expansions. I love all of them. There's three, right? I think there's three. Oceania, yeah, Asia, Asia. Okay, I'm making sure I got that Europe, number right. Yeah. Three are what I own. Uh, they're all really, really good. Um, amazing two-player expansion with Asia came out. Um, and it also has one of my favorite digital digital implementations of a board game yes. ever. I'm... I'm like solidly in board games and video games as like my two favorite hobbies. And I love when they kiss, <laughs> 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 when they come together in a beautiful way. It's amazing on Switch. It's like my favorite airplane game ever to pass and mm. play while you're like traveling. Yeah. I just, I man, I love Wingspan. It's so good. If you have, it, if you somehow again have stumbled upon this video, you haven't at least looked into Wingspan. You should do it for yourself as like, it's one of those pillars of this hobby, right? That just stands as this benchmark. That you yeah. should at least yeah. owe it to yourself to look into and, and see if you'd like it.
0: Agreed. Yeah, that's my long-winded rant yeah. about Wingspan.
2: Sorry, no. I could talk about this game <laughs> all day. I love Holy. it so much,
0: I, and rightfully so. It, it, I think <laughs> it, it's great that you hit on the cultural impact of this game. Right? I mean, we're yeah. always we're all deep in the hobby, but we sometimes forget. You know, not everyone is, but then you see something like Wingspan when it took off. I mean, it really took off, I and mean, we saw this on it like the did. Wall Street Journal's front page, you know, and stuff like yeah. that. And um yeah, you know, we saw Hollywood <laughs> celebrities, you know, trying to figure out the rules. And, Mandy
2: Patinkin right? playing Wingspan yeah. lives <laughs> rent free in my head I'd forever. Love it. I yeah. love that yeah. so much. And yeah.
0: on top and of that, it's a solid game. I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. Yep,
2: is it. It deserves all that praise. Like, there's some agreed. some perfect storm of marketing and timing, but for whatever reason, that game took off. And again, I want to be clear: like games designed by women with like beautiful themes, like those have existed for a long time. But there's something about Wingspan it it took off, and yep. like that is we are better as a hobby because that game took off and brought new people into the space. So agreed, and that's super cool. Yeah, like
3: yeah. awesome.
0: Agreed with everything. Yes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was a number four. Let's go on to number three. This is going to be my choice, and um, I I struggle a little bit uh, with my top three, but uh, they sometimes, depending on my mood, they would change. But honestly, this is the one that's always been my number one in my heart. Um, it is a fantastic worker placement game. Uh, the theme is money, and uh, folks, if you haven't played it, please give it a shot. It's Viticulture. I love everything about this game starting from the theme i mean you are sending your workers out to the vineyards and you're making wine stomping on the grapes uh, i love lucy style and then you know filling orders and just doing all the things that a wine a good winery would do um my my bucket list item in my life i still want to play viticulture at a winery i'm, I'm gonna get, i'm getting close but one of these days i will play it there um it's a wonderful worker placement game uh where you Placing workers, doing the things, and, you know, gathering resources in order to make that wine, and you're going to draw cards to help you uh, fill orders and whatnot. And I think the really cool thing about this, it introduced, I don't know if it introduced, but it was, like, really uh, innovative as far as that grande worker, like, the big worker. So, Mm -hmm. uh, in a lot of workers' Mm -hmm. placement games, you're going to get blocked out of certain spots, right? That never feels good, but back in the day, that's just the way it was. However, with the Grande worker, as long as you have that worker and you haven't placed it yet, you can go to any spot you want and take that action. I mean, it's just one little tweak like that, really. I mean, I remember when I first played I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not blocked out. This feels great. I can still fill an order. I can still get grape stomped or whatever. It's Oh, mm-hmm. it's an awesome game. And then you introduce the um, expansion to it, so... A lot of my gamer friends they they play heavier stuff, so they always want to play with Tuscany, the expansion. Of this and I mm. love Tuscany as well. It introduces more elements, some special type of workers, um, adds another spot buildings that you can build, and also adds a sort of like area control map that you can uh, go on. I, I love Tuscany as well. I think if you're looking for a deeper experience, a more complex experience, uh, that's for you. But I'm fine playing either one because I love everything about this game. Um, what you're seeing right now on screen, that's Richard playing the original uh, Viticulture, mm-hmm. It's which has basically been replaced by Viticulture Essential Edition. It took uh, some of the things uh, from the other, uh, exp- uh, some of the expansions, wove it into the game and just made it a perfect experience. You know, you you starting with your starting resources and whatnot through the Mama and Papa cards. Folks, um, if you haven't played this, uh, play it. It is a, an all-timer for me, and that's why it's our number three on our combined list of Stomar Games, Viticulture.
2: I love Viticulture. I yeah. might have said this if I didn't know you were going to say this, because, like, yeah. gun to my head, I typically say Viticulture is, is my favorite game, because I love, I love a thematic worker placement. And yep. I also love the way this game like ramps up. I love yes. how it feels so slow at the beginning. And then before you know it, it's over. I love games that really nail unique pacing like that. And, uh, and yeah. I love the theme. The viticulture yeah. is so good. It
3: is. I really love, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a solo player. Uh, I've only played it at Tuscany mm. too, but but I've read through the solo r- rule set. Mm-hmm. And I just love the idea of every, every turn of those seven turns, you get the different beginning bonus of the round right like you're you that's how you it manipulates the turn order and incorporates it into the solo mode that you can only use each one of the turn order bonuses once i think that's like really really clever and slick yeah it makes me excited i'm like Maybe, maybe I am a solo gamer now. Maybe I will. Maybe <laughs> I will. Sense. Yes, join Hello. us, Chris. Join identity us. crisis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, is that me?
0: I, I think I'm it glad, might be. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, the solo um, variant in this game was created by uh, the Automa Factory, and that's how it started. Was mm. with um, uh, viticulture, Automa. Or I don't know if I... Automa or whatever. I don't know how to yeah, pronounce yeah, it. I, I say Automa. i never known how to say it. You're yeah. a
2: braver man than me. I would not have uh, tried you. to say it out loud <laughs> I don't know how to say it
0: either. <laughs> but, yeah, it's based on, I believe, the Italian word for like solo game or whatever. And it's because it started with viticulture And cool? it I basically launched the company, the Automa or Automa Factory. Um, and, you know, cool. we I, I love solo gaming and I've played through the solo campaign for the original, but I have not yet played uh, Viticulture World. That is on my shelf of mm. opportunity. I can't yeah, wait either. for that. So that's a cooperative version. But, yeah, I'm so glad to see some love for uh, Viticulture. And, uh, Ray, I'll confess, like, it really went back and forth for me, Viticulture or a Wingspan. So one of us was going to end go. up talking we, we about There we go. We found it. the
2: yeah. perfect compromise. I totally. knew it, it was going to be going back and forth with yep. the two of us. So totally. it
0: worked out. Okay. Um, speaking of the uh, number, t- well, let's go on to number two. We've got Richard joining us. This time,
5: Richard's not doing our number one, folks. He's got our number two, and let's see what he's got for us. Hey, gang. Here I am in beautiful Mexico. There's the rig behind me charging up for the day. There's the Sea of Cortez in the other direction, although the tide is out right now, but it'll be coming in soon, and maybe we'll be getting some wind surfers later on. Anyway. Oh my gosh, I love this topic because Stonemaier Games is easily one of my favorite publishers and Jamie Stegmaier is easily one of my favorite designers. What have you talked about so far? Uh, Chris, Rolling Realms, I love it. I recently got to play the first three of the little mini expansions and they were so good, I want to get all of them and just keep playing that game forever. Uh, Wingspan, of course, is... uh, its Actually, that's my number two. In fact, folks, if you stick around to the post-show, I'm going to be doing a Rapid Fire Top 10, my personal countdown of my 10 favorite Stonemeyer published games, but Wingspan is actually my personal number two. And you know what? If I ever get a chance to play the Asia co-op mode, that might push it into my personal number one spot. Viticulture, well, I'm not surprised at all. And man, I have to say, I love Viticulture World. That expansion so elevates the game. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, But my personal favorite Stone game. Well, I'll tell you right now, it's definitely not Scythe. Actually, I've played almost every single game. Scythe is one of the ones I haven't because Jamie himself told me, "Do not play it. You will not like it. It is not for you." Someday I do still think I should try the Rise for Fenris expansion because it turns it co-op. Although again, Jamie told me, "Don't do it. You got to play the basic game before you play um anyway, it's neither here nor there because my personal favorite is Tapestry. Oh man, this game is so brilliant. The second best civilization game of all time, as far as I'm concerned. Some people think it's a little abstract. I do not feel that way at all. I love the way history comes together in a beautiful tapestry of super powerful tapestry cards. The game has so much replayability. There are so many cool special effects, but the um, engine that drives everything is so clean and pure and fast playing. Also, not for nothing, it has an amazing solo mode from Morton Monrad Peterson of the Automa Factory, like pretty much all Stonemeyer games, and I've really enjoyed that over the years as well. Tapestry is just so next gen, so next level. It's Jamie's greatest design of all time, and like I said, the second best civilization game of all time as well. Although I just played Age of Civilization the other day, so Tapestry might be dropping to number uh, three on that list, but it's my personal number one stone Meyer game but uh i think the list isn't quite done yet right tapestry folks excellent
0: excellent game what a choice i you know th- this was on my top five as well it didn't make it quite to my number one but i i love tapestry taking that you know just big big game and being able to do you know things on just these little tracks and moving up the tracks is so much fun uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed tapestry. It, it was no surprise that Richard um put uh, tapestry there. I, I figured as as much. Um, but yeah. I can't wait to play it again. I've actually played it solo and it's got this really cool way where you can play with uh, extra um, AIs and stuff. I always like that as well. So, uh, you know, Chris is a new solo player. We're going to get him to play Tapestry as well. Right, Chris? (laughs) There we go. Newly minted,
2: (laughs) self-identified solo
3: player. (laughs) I guess that's it. I am the bastion for the solo board gaming hobby from here on out. Nice. Um, Nice. What can I say? They have chosen
2: you as their champion. (laughs) It just happened.
3: These things just happened to me. I don't know how it works, but it just happens. Awesome. Um, yeah. Okay. But I think we have a, our special guest waiting in the wings, Ralph. Well, if you wanna, if yeah. you wanna bring him in, we're gonna. Uh, I, I I see him backstage yeah. on Twitch. so we're gonna bring Jamie in right now. Yeah,
0: we've got we've got our top five. We've done four. Richard did number two. So we've got a special guest, uh, Jamie Stegmar, join us right now to reveal the number one Stonemire game of all time. So give us just a second. We're gonna bring him in. <laughs> so I'm or, clapping or right least... there. Uh, I'm clapping right there. So Richard yeah, knows okay. where to edit. I actually, I don't know if y'all saw it. I actually sort of spoiled number one. Did y'all see that scene? No, you were good. Okay. No. Okay, cool. No, cool, cool, cool. it's... All right. Uh, Let's bring I, Jamie in. I don't in. pay attention. Okay. <laughs> uh, friends in chat, what you're seeing right now, we are recording this for YouTube. Richard's going to edit uh, some of this stuff out. Uh, we're bringing Jamie in right now. I uh, want to thank Jamie for his patience. As uh, we bring him in here, I'm going to press a couple of buttons and hopefully get him on seamlessly. Beep, mm-hmm.
2: Do a, little, and, do a little beep
0: boop. Yeah. Do, do a little, little beep, beep, beep boop.
2: And, um, nope, that's not I the gotta beep. say, well, while Ruel is figuring this out, so he, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't feel too much pressure, I do want to say yeah. I, because I'm, I am I am slowly getting to know Richard now that I'm, like, part of this, like, space, and I am very curious as to why he was warned to stay away from Scythe, why he was told he wouldn't like it. I am, I don't know, Chris, <laughs> if you have any insight into that, because I, I'm, I'm curious. That was a very interesting anecdote that he's never played it because he was told he wouldn't like it.
3: Well, I feel like uh, Jamie will be the best person to answer that. Uh, <laughs> I see, I see his live and Ruel's getting his picture up yeah. on the screen right now. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I just know Richard, Richard fights back against anything that has any conflict whatsoever, right? He, he doesn't ah, like, a, that's sort of what it is. Got it. Uh, and so he, he any it. sort of where you can mess with somebody yeah. else. And so that's, that's likely the, likely the reason because there is that sort Got of it. Um, conflict. Although I just like, I, I love the action efficiency of, uh of, of scythe i don't feel like it's that it's that heavy conflict for me personally because you can do so many other things i i prefer just getting my popularity to the top of the track you know like that's (laughs) it's just a peaceful i'm just a peaceful solo solo loving person
2: (laughs) peaceful (laughs) attention seeker oh my (laughs) god yeah (laughs) trying to get popular (laughs)
3: <laughs> that appears to be the, the, the character that I've now adopted. And I'm going to have to I'm stick so with sorry. I've least, shoved that onto you things.
2: unceremoniously.
3: <laughs> no, I like it. Uh, well, we do, we currently don't see the, um, don't see Jamie still. Are oh, you, you're, you're working on that? Yeah, I'm working to make on sure. right
0: now. Um, uh, we have Jamie yeah, backstage folks and we're, what we do is uh, bring them on the stream right now and I'm bringing them on the stream right now. Um, copying this. Yeah.
2: And Thanks for your patience chat. Yeah. Thank you it. friends.
0: Appreciate it.
2: Some, some movie magic back here
0: yeah mm-hmm. and by magic it means uh ruel panicking and sweating <laughs> that is and that's live streaming that work. baby
2: yeah. <laughs> that's live streaming.
0: well we might be able to
3: hear jamie yep. uh do you want to do you want to say hi to the people
2: oh, oh fabulous we hello jamie. welcome yes.
0: hi jamie
2: just waiting on just waiting on the visual
0: yeah yeah Yeah, thanks for course. joining us, Jamie. Um, and I will let thanks Ray and uh, Chris talk to y'all for, while I uh, panic and uh, try to get things working here. Um...
3: Yeah, All good. Hey, there's yeah, Jamie. Of course. Oh, there you there know is. what? Let's just make it all Let's Jamie all Let's just make all day. it all
0: Jamie all the time, <laughs> Why don't we do that? Uh, <laughs> uh, give me one second. Uh. Uh, chat need...
2: is saying real well we can hear Jamie, but chat can't
0: Jamie. Chat hear can't anything. hear Jamie. Mm. He, they should be able to uh, hear Jamie sense. now if I press this button here um well let me verify that hold on just uh
2: yeah no worries you're
3: we like to have a little bit of a, a wizard of oz you know we we've we've we, we want to we want to build the mystique and the the mystery of uh <laughs> the, the myth the man the legend of jamie segmeyer yes. coming onto the stream. <laughs> the, uh, what are some other enigmatic uh, movie characters? The wi- the Willy Wonka of board gaming, <laughs> nice. scattering people to, to the world. <laughs> I love it. With a fountain, a fountain of board game, a fountain of wingspan eggs just uh, <laughs> on the just... walls. If you could see what's going on in, in Jamie's camera right now, you'd see all the magic that's happening behind, you know? It's really A
2: robbing chat of the, <laughs> the magic. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I can see people bringing in backdrops behind him to make it look more like an ordinary room, but, but he's at least exposed his secrets to us. Uh, I wish you could all see this because it's, it's, it's magic. The, those are life like size,
2: God. <laughs> life-size pendulum
3: t- sand timers that are flipping back and forth behind, behind Jamie's head. This is incredible. Oh, my oh God. you have to see this chat. I hope, I hope the backdrop doesn't close the moment Jamie gets on screen. <laughs> that would be, that would just be horrible because you would have missed out on all of this, this incredible, uh, magic that's happening yes
2: looks like we've got him on stream but we're a little bit a little bit
3: we're laggy right now right (laughs) (laughs) pay no attention to the man behind the game board b travis says yes
0: (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) (laughs) wow Let me see if we're back live.
2: Yeah, the conspiracy started that, you know, this was an intentional crash, so Jamie doesn't have to pick his top. (laughs) Oh, I
0: love it. I love it. (laughs) This is
2: all orchestrated.
0: Let's lean into it. All part
2: of the plan. Yeah,
0: all part of the plan.
2: Oh, it looks like we're back. Hello. Are are we back?
0: Okay. It looks good. We're back and
2: better than ever. Hey, we looks like we're moving and we're not not frozen statues. We're grooving. Everybody refresh.
0: Folks, Refresh. refresh if you haven't already. Uh, yeah, this has been, uh, this has been fun. Um, we are going to get things rolling here in just a second, uh, because we are going to be revealing uh, the number one Stonemar game. Uh, we're going to let people, we're going to wait for just a minute or two to make sure those people who got cut off are coming back. Uh, we had all kinds of yeah. problems and here. And we also,
2: oh, yeah. um, uh, Jamie, would you mind just saying something just so we can make sure we can hear you on stream? Yeah.
1: Uh, can you hear me okay? Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's literally it. just want to make sure, because okay. we can hear you. Okay. I want to make sure, because cool. earlier we could hear you, but they couldn't hear you. Um, yeah. Chat, could you hear? Jamie, they say yes. Okay. I okay. yes. yes. just wanted to make sure before you said all the secrets. Awesome. and. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right,
0: perfect. So uh, what we're going to do, we're going to splice in this segment of the show. Uh, what we're doing now, we're going to talk about, hey, we just did the top four. Uh, Jamie's here. Uh, Jamie, will do a quick introduction for you. And then um, we'll ask you to reveal your number one. I'll go to the other scene where your number one game will show up. We'll talk about that game. And then we'll do an outro um, with our, uh, you know, the outro. say so thanks for watching. And then we're going to hang out. We'll talk Ar- about our, uh, Arcane Wonders too, just a bit in the outro. I might ask yeah.
3: you, you your favorite game of theirs, that sort of thing. But yeah.
0: And cool. then, um, actually, we'll, obviously, we're going to leave the outro for uh, the final part. After we do the number one game with Jamie, Jamie, will ask you a question or two. Just, you know, uh, talk about um, uh, Stonemeyer and uh, uh, sure. a couple other things. And then we'll do the outro and uh, we'll okay. finish up. So, sure. Okay. So let me take this off here.
2: All right, from the top, everybody. Starting from the beginning. Okay. My Starting game from the was the
0: <laughs> So we had just talked about number two, Tapestry, uh, from Richard. And um, mm-hmm. uh, then we'll get to this scene here. Uh, so maybe I should have, yeah. Okay, cool.
3: Here we go. Here we go. We're back. We're here with Jamie Stegmeier. Welcome to the show, Jamie, and we're excited to hear your number one, or at least the number one game that you might want to play with us right now. Right, I'm sure it's very yeah. hard to, for you for you to pick through all of your darlings, but this we got to make a definitive list somehow and give you the honorary top number one spot.
1: So thank you so much for joining us, and uh, thank, yeah, welcome. Thank you for having me. Hi. I am honored that you all decided to talk about Stellar Games today. That that's it was a, a dream come true really. Yeah. <laughs> we
2: were all very happy to talk about them and we we grumbled a lot pre-show about how genuinely difficult it was for us all to pick 100%. one singular game i think i actually punched ruel over picking viticulture it was yeah. we are yeah it ruel. was it got violent yeah I, i'm ruel still
0: permanently it. injured yeah i'm still yeah. right on right on my chin it was oh you know I, yeah,
4: yeah. Befo-
0: before ray hit me i used to have a full head of hair so that's how hard she yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, before
2: was, ray was, hit me
0: <laughs> it was quite the, it was quite the shock to see right yeah yeah it's wild but uh, <laughs> yeah
2: no truly stonemaier is one of my favorite one of my favorite publishers someone mentioned it in chat in the pre-stream that um you know when chris made his his pick i really were like good pick not that there is a bad one i cannot think of a Stonemire game that i haven't thoroughly and genuinely really really enjoyed so this is just a very self-indulgent list of like which is my favorite of all the games that i already i already really enjoy and it's it's such a treat and such a pleasure to have you uh join us for this list
1: Agreed. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. I'm I'm really flattered and honored <laughs> to hear that. Uh yeah, we, we put a lot of love into our games. We have sixteen so far, so for you all to even have tried enough to make a top five list is <laughs> is amazing to me. Thank you so much. Uh, um yeah, so
2: well is it do we wanna yeah. yeah, go ahead, Ruel. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was
1: just gonna say, yeah, let's uh, let's get
0: to it. So, as y'all show uh, saw in the first uh, couple of pictures, we had Rolling Realms at number five, Wingspan at number four, viticulture number three, and Tapestry Street number two. So, Jamie,
1: let us know what is the number one Stonemar game. Well, this is a, a small preface. This is always the most difficult question for someone uh, to, to answer, in, including yeah. me, if, uh, if you do put a lot of love into your designs and your um, your publications, and I help develop all of our games. And so my initial answer was a, a tie, a 16-way tie for all of our games. <laughs> but uh, we added a few constraints, like... Uh, Five-player game, although most of our games do play five players except for Spitton, so that didn't help all that much. But then we added the twist of what would I play with five of you, or the four of you specifically, a five-player game with the four of you. Mm-hmm. That helped out a lot because something that I heard right when I came on, um, mm-hmm. Richard is a little, little infamous for not having played Scythe, or as far as I know, he has not played Scythe yet. Mm-hmm. And so I would love to sit down and play Scythe with all of you and Richard Ooh. and have a non combat experience of Scythe where we have the threat <laughs> of combat, but it doesn't actually happen all that much, which yeah. is what happens in Scythe. Um, and we can all be Care Bears together, and I, that would be bring me a lot of joy. So <laughs> I, I'm going to pick Scythe, and not necessarily really as my number one game, but my number one game to play at this moment with the four of you, especially Richard. Nice. Because hey, of that hey. reason.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a great pick. and scythe was actually my number one uh choice a couple of years ago um when it first came out but then i realized you know, I'm a I'm a little more into wine rather than mechs, and so I went. I, I'm sticking <laughs> to viticulture. But again, like we've said throughout the show, any one of these could have been uh, a number one, and I think this would be a a really fun one to play with you, Jamie, Chris, uh, Ray, and Richard. Uh, even though Richard's the care bear uh, of the group, um, I would target him first, of course. But no, uh, it's it, it like it it all gang uh, up on I Richard. Know. I
3: think we can agree because he's not here. We all of our attacks are going That's straight how it works, for yeah. Richard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> holy, holy. um yeah so uh yeah. chris i i know this is your your type of jam right here chris any oh yeah
3: any, yeah any, any i'm thoughts? i'm really excited my 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 friend and neighbor actually just i haven't played rise of fenris yet and so my friend and neighbor just got his hands on rise of fenris and so i'm like super stoked to be able to dive and i've managed to avoid spoilers which is which is incredible to me mm-hmm. that like I've managed to avoid not knowing what's going to happen in that in that campaign. And so I'm so excited to see Scythe go to the next level. What I really like about Scythe, uh, and again, Scythe was was in competition for my my slot on this list, for sure. Uh, I really love the the action efficiency, right? That when I when I realized that it was all about that efficiency of actions. I feel like I heard you speak about the number of actions it, it, it can take to win in in one of your in one of your videos or, or something like it was something along those lines of fourteen to seventeen or. Or in that in that ballpark, and I was like, that that blew my mind open. I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get really good at sight, uh, and just like trying to work out that puzzle and working against that sort of internal clock against what everybody else is doing, I find uh, so fascinating. And I love the I love the upgrading the systems. I always go for an upgrade objective just because it feels so good to to complete everything. And I love the asymmetry of the boards and just exploring this landscape. I think it's so fun. I think it's a I think it's a banger of a game and. Uh, everybody says that Rise of Fenris makes it even better. And i that seems impossible to me. So I'm really excited to check that out personally. Yeah. Ray, what about your experiences with Scythe?
2: I, I think I, I fall into a similar category with you where I enjoy just getting the popularity. And yeah, no, I, I adore Scythe. <laughs> <laughs> I, for all the crap that I gave you, I think I, I approached the game very similarly. And it was one of those games that for me was like the the big leap into like real hobby games. Mm-hmm. For me. Again, uh when when Scythe when Scythe came out, I was like around college age. And that was what that was like all the buzz in all of our games groups of like, oh, have you gotten scythe yet? We pooled all of our all of our money together to buy a copy of Scythe for our for our board gaming group. So it's a very
0: nostalgic oh, nice. uh, title for me. I-, I love that as a group getting again uh, in a game like that. <laughs> um,
4: as oh, you, yeah. As you oh, see, yeah.
0: friends, the video we're watching is actually uh Jamie's video of uh, Scythe and you know, mm. normally we, you know, we do our, uh, list of games and we say bye to y'all, but we're not going to do that this time. We're going to hang out with Jamie for a few minutes here and, uh, chat with them, get to know him a little better. And, uh, you know, the video that we just saw, Jamie, you know, start or, uh, for pretty much from the get-go, uh, once you, um, you started Stonemar, you've been a content creator as well, not just a publisher, but a content creator, creating videos, uh, writing, like I loved all the blogs that you did as far as, you know, Kickstarter yeah. and stuff, um, how do you balance that with being a publisher? Uh, Jamie, how does, how do you, how do you have the time and the, the energy to do all that?
1: Well, I, that's a good question. I, I don't always balance it as well as I should. <laughs> I, I try, cause I do two blog entries a week and I try to limit the time I spend on them to around 30 to 45 minutes. Um, but it often stretches out beyond that, like it either it takes longer to write or the comments are particularly active in that post. And then I mean, in, in, talking in, on Facebook about the comments and then on our blog about the, in the comments and I enjoy it. I get a lot from those conversations. And so I think it ends up being worth the time. But it is I have to sometimes restrain myself a little bit or constrain myself. And then with the, the videos, I started those You're right, a, a while ago, maybe even slightly before Scythe or maybe 2014, because I love talking about games. And I see I mean I see how how much fun you' all have talking about games. I feel the same way I love to talk about them, but I didn't want to review them because i I didn't want to critique my peers in that same way, even if I don't love a game. I know how much work and time and effort and love went yeah. into it from the designer, and so I realized I could talk about just my favorite thing about a game, my favorite mechanism, with the hope of maybe inspiring myself as I talk about it and inspiring other designers. Um, to use whatever my favorite thing about that game is and just to highlight other games I love. So that, unfortunately, I found a way that that doesn't take much time. I I don't do any entity and I just turn on the camera and talk for a few minutes about a game as specifically my favorite thing. So that doesn't take much time at all. Yeah, yeah, that
2: actually goes very well on theme about what we were talking about at the start of the stream about publishers supporting other publishers. Like just the yeah. fact that mm. this is a stream sponsored by Ark and Wonders, and we're talking about Stoudmeyer Games the like entire time. <laughs> yeah. That it's it's such a beautiful thing to give to this hobby that that series where you pick up other games and sometimes lesser known games and talk about why you love mm. them and you you lend your platform to that space is really really commendable.
3: We yeah, really appreciate I, it. <laughs> I think I think that's it, right? Like I I, I particularly yeah. I, I found you as a content creator talking about other board game mechanics and and I, I think yeah. that's just such like a wonderful meld of like Arcane Wonders sponsoring the Stonemire list and, and that sort of thing. We should we should shout I I asked you in the in our little break what your what your favorite Arcane Wonders is. I can list off a bunch of their games if you're if you're interested if you don't have one off the top of your head uh, they have stuff like world wonders neotopia uh, Airland and sea aquatica smartphone Inc., which i still need to play furnace which i just played um recently uh picture perfect onitama uh, viral
1: mage wars man they got a lot they got a lot of stuff so does stonemaire <laughs> they do <laughs> uh yeah i would say my 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 top three from arcane wonders right mm. now um would be Airland and sea which i, I yeah. really really so love the...
2: that's such a classic
1: the tug of war, yeah. Um, and uh, Aquatica would definitely be up there. I really love Aquatica. Nice. And uh, what was the third one? The, oh, oh, Sheriff of Nottingham, which I haven't played in a while, but that oh. we had many, many great games of that. Just popping open that little, yeah. like, little uh, package to see what someone else has given you. Yeah. Um, yeah, those, those are probably my top three. That's a classic. Yeah,
2: I mean, sure. My... This is going to be a really random little tangent, but I just have to tell the story super quickly. My mom is a big board gamer, and she loves to make, like, life-size versions of games. And I have played, like, a real-life version of Sheriff of Nottingham where you had, like, she would give you padding and stuff to pad out your bag, but we were throwing (laughs) apples and, like, rubber chickens in bags and stuff. So whenever I think of Sheriff of Nottingham, I think of that. Uh But yeah, no, those are That's those are incredible. great picks for Arcane Wonder games. Um, yeah,
0: all, all classics. And I, I just realized, Ray, I want to play games Man. with your mom. That sounds so fucking. Yeah, she rules. She's yeah. the best. She, awesome.
2: I credit her for like this whole hobby that I have now because she's been she's been on it. I like to say she has something like a fifteen year old board game geek account. She's been. She was Whoa. an OG. <laughs> <She's into laughs> wow. it. I don't know if that maybe BGG hasn't even been around that long, but she's been around for a very long time in, in the space. So yeah. Very was, cool. Um, but this speaking isn't a game. This. this isn't a stream talking about my mom. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I know, speaking, speaking about um I, I do have a question in terms of like e- e- evolving in the space. I know mm-hmm. that you've talked a lot about Jamie about crowdfunding in particular uh, and and the the differences that have happening. You you started a little bit on crowdfunding and and even like your content creation, I feel was was uh from those blogs about like how to crowdfund a game I mean, like there's still very searchable things. Uh, and so I'm wondering yeah. how you've if you wanted to talk about like that journey of going into crowdfunding and then the the decision to to not not use it anymore, not need it anymore, uh, and what those sort of decisions were. I, I think that would be that, that that's something I'm personally quite interested in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and inside the game that I talked about today was Mm -hmm. the the, the last game that we had on crowdfunding on Kickstarter. That was in 2015, almost coming up on almost 10 years ago. Wow. Um, it's, uh, so some of our games would not exist without crowdfunding, without Kickstarter that that, I want to put that out there. Um, but I, I do like our current method a little bit more than what we used to do and it's evolved over time. But what, what it's evolved into is that, um, These days, instead of crowdfunding a new game, we put all the time and effort and resources and money and love into making the game. And then when it arrives at our fulfillment centers or when it's almost there, that's when we announce it. So we kind of keep it secret until then. And then we announce it, hopefully, to a lot of excitement, certainly to our excitement. (laughs) And we reveal it. We talk about it. I I unveil it kind of in a design diary style way over the course of around two weeks. And then uh, a few weeks later, we put it on our web store. And we already have it in stock. And so we can start shipping it right away to people. The core idea is to to, instead of having like a one year gap between when someone pays for something and gets excited about something and then when they actually receive it, it's maybe a few weeks. And I've really enjoyed that. I don't mind when a surprise comes up. Like I still back a lot of things on crowdfunding and I like when they surprise me by showing up at my door. That's fun. But every now and then when I hear about a new game and I'm really excited about it and I can just buy it and have it within a few days and then get it to the table while I'm still really, really excited about it. I love it. So we try to do that (laughs) with all of our games.
3: That's awesome. That's that's something that like I I feel I I spend a lot of time in the crowdfunding sphere and and you do feel that gap, right? Sometimes it's more than a year, it's two years. And then but being able to yeah. just capitalize on that, on that excitement be like, hey, yeah, we got the we got the thing. We know it's an amazing game, and you can have it right now. That feels so exciting to me. Yeah. Um yeah. I didn't realize it was that it was that early. Like you you had all the stock in your warehouses, but that makes sense in terms of being able to ship it out uh effectively.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it, I think it removes a lot of uncertainty too, because mm-hmm. I would say most crowdfunding creators, when they when they schedule ahead, they're hopeful that they'll have it within six months, maybe eight months. It, but it's it's just a hope at that point. You don't really know what's going to happen with manufacturing and pre-production and freight shipping and fulfillment. You, it's all uncertain until it's actually in the warehouse ready to ship. And so we kind of right. take all that uncertainty we, we take it out. It's not a factor anymore. We wait until yeah. we have that certainty and can actually ship it. But we are, I, I will say that we are in a privileged position to be able to do that. I understand yeah. the many different value elements that crowdfunding brings to a variety of creators, big and small. Yeah. And um, I'm not bemoaning that. I just, I I like that we're able to use the system that we have now.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I kind of want to pivot just a little bit because I feel like you've, you've gained this reputation as this arbit, not arbitrator, but this bringer of knowledge of the the production process, right? But you're Mm -hmm. also, as you mentioned earlier, you're actively involved in the design process for all these games or the development process. Um, And I love talking to designers about the playtesting process, because I feel like that's such an interesting point in that journey. And I was wondering if off the top of your head, if you happen to have a really memorable playtesting experience and opportunity, like, an encounter with a play tester that really taught you something or that maybe you realized something about one of your games that you might not have if you hadn't thoroughly, you know, tested all your games in that kind of setting.
1: I love the specificity a, of that question.
2: Sorry yeah. if it's too specific. Uh, no, you can broaden it and take it however you want, but.
1: No, I, I like how those, one of my favorite things about games are those memorable moments that stand yeah. out, whether it's in the design process or when you're playing the final game. Um, one that does come to mind partially because I've, I've, Shared this anecdote before, but it really is a good one because I love positive player interaction in games. Yes. I love when that happens. I, I love designing around it, but sometimes I just stumble into it, and it happened with Euphoria. Um, mm. So there's a pretty. This is one that happened a while ago, but I do I do really enjoy it. Uh, where uh, it, it was a moment in Euphoria, you have these markets that you can build by yourself. You can invest in harder to get resources in the game and put multiple dice on a market and construct it by yourself, but uh, the first time I, and so I, I kind of thought that's how players would do it in, in the game when we were playtesting. I thought, okay, why why would I, I oh, let didn't. someone else um, help me construct a market if I could just do it myself? But I put a worker down on a construction site, or someone did it at the table. I can't remember who it was, it was a long time ago. Um, and then someone else did it as well. And as they did it, they looked across the table at someone else and said, hey, can you help me complete this? Because when you complete a market, you get your dice back, you mm-hmm. get your workers back for you. And it was this moment of unexpected collaboration with the other players that felt really good. And it was, it, it was one of those moments where we were actually like looking at each other in the eyes uh, across the table, like, oh, I, I see you. I see you have this resource. <laughs> you can help out with this in this moment. Yeah. And it felt really good. There have been a few oh. moments like that over the years, but that one definitely stands out. That's
2: amazing. I love that. Um,
1: that is yeah, so cool, and
0: I'm I'm glad you brought up Euphoria because I was trying to figure out a way. How can I bring up Euphoria into this conversation? I'm glad you did it, Jamie, <laughs> because that was the very first Stone Mar game I'd ever played. Uh, back, I got into the hobby in wow. 2015, and you know, I you know, like anyone, I started with Ticket to Ride, or with, like many people did, and I started going to my local uh, a local gaming meetup, and you know, I had no idea what was going on. Uh, yeah, and literally the game before that, we had played Carcassonne. I'm like, okay, I know, the Carcassonne's great. And then we played you know, Euphoria and my mind was just blown like, oh my gosh, there's so much cool stuff. I mean, look at the board. I'm like, there's just so much. And I realized then, I was like, I like this type of gaming. I like modern board games. You know, this like, it challenged me, but in a way that... um I wanted to play more and I'll never forget that experience. And Euphoria actually, uh, folks, if you stick around for, uh, if you click on the links below, we have a pre, uh, a post show that we're going to do extended edition where we talk about uh, games that didn't make list, but Euphoria was on my top five for sure. So uh, thank you for sharing that. I love that story. It's so great.
1: Well yeah, thank you for sharing that. I'm gl- I'm honestly glad I didn't scare you off because Euphoria is probably the toughest teach of any of our games. Yeah. It's one of these games where like to understand action A, you also have to understand action B and C and maybe action D, which really daunting for a teach. And so I I love that you were open to that.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah. I was very fortunate, the gaming group that I got involved with, they were very uh, welcoming and very, very good about teaching games. So uh, we were, I, I was, you know, able to uh, get through and they, they taught in a way just, uh, you know, where I was able to understand it uh, really, really quickly. And um, I, I was going to say, maybe it's because I'm so smart that I was able to figure out right away, but no, it, it was. And that's the, probably the it. Yeah, I think that's The it. teach was great. <laughs>
3: that's probably it. Yeah, uh, I Jamie I am curious in terms of like this sort of overarching um, uh, your your overarching publishing experience like what sort of what sort of things have you have you learned and, and how has your sort of philosophy changed and evolved as you've been in the industry for for such a such a long time now, over the 16 games.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, 16 games, 11 years. It has changed quite a bit because originally the first like five years of it was just crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. Because it's been out of crowdfunding. We dabbled a little bit with retailers and distribution. Um, our main marketing outlet is still, uh, it was much smaller back then, but it's still reviewers sending out, I, I sent out a ton of root review copies every month and every year uh, of a wide variety of games and expansions. So not just the newest thing, but also going back. I still send out review copies of Viticulture, which Mm. originally released in in 2013. Um, I'm doing a hobby all the time. People are curious about games all the time. I want them to have have our games come up in their feeds, but also to have them informed to see if someone might want to discover a new game. Maybe they'll discover the new favorite game. And so we send out a lot of review copies. that's a big part of it. And with conventions having returned, we also send out a lot of c- games to conventions for their play and win sections in particular. Uh, it's a system used at a convention here at, called geek way to the West in St. Louis, where you, uh, you, you all have probably see a convention, but you, you check out a game from the library and then you have a chance of winning that game, all the games that you played, or any of the games that you played at the end of the convention. I think it's a, like a win, win, win for awesome. the publisher of the convention and the, the attendees. And so, uh, we lost that for like the first year of the pandemic, but we got it. We got it back, and I, I love that type of ex- of exposure for our games at conventions.
3: Cool, and just yeah. finding that sort of shifting marketing, making sure that it's out there, and that people are talking about it, and and front of exactly. mind.
1: Yeah, cool. I saw someone in the question ask about wingspan. Hmm. Uh, Go- Goblin says wingspan was a massive hit. Luck being part of that. Do you think a game about bees? Uh they say <laughs> would hit, I'm going to say will hit as much as a game about birds. Yeah. Uh, Wingspan is certainly an anomaly. Like, I don't know if we'll ever have a game sell as well as Wingspan. But I do have Apiary, our B game, right next to me. Yeah. Um, and this, this game has delighted me from the first time I played it. And I had so a good. blast working with Connie. Uh, Connie put so much amazing ideas yeah. into this game. And it was really fun to develop with her. So I... Like I, I yeah, I don't think any game is going to take off the way that Wingspan did, but I hope that uh, people who are open to worker placement games and want something a little bit more complex than Wingspan are open to trying it. And I love what the space theme adds to it. I know that might be a, a turnoff for some people, but I, I like I like that part of it. It sounds no, like you I, all have have tried it or yeah.
2: Yeah, I love Apiary. I'm a big worker placement person and the the idea of the the timer slowly ticking down on those bees is just is just mm-hmm. so it's so wonderful. It's so charming. The board is gorgeous. Oh, mm-hmm. i I was so pleasantly surprised and delighted by Apiary. I'm, I'm it's in a serious contender for my possibly my game of the year. I need to play it a couple more times. Nice. I have like 2 weeks left before I have to decide, <laughs> but I really was really pleasantly surprised surprised by <laughs> Apiary. Um, And I'm tangential friends with Connie. So I heard a little bit about her like process of uh, coming out with that game and her, you know, kind of rise to stardom as this just breakout designer was such an amazing hit. And I'm, I'm curious sort of how you found Connie. I don't know actually much about how you find the designers for the games that you publish, if you're willing to share what that process looks like.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh absolutely. Yeah. Um we do we have a submission form on our website where people can mm-hmm. kind of fill out a form to see the types of games that we're looking for to see if what they yeah. have meets uh, what we're looking for. Connie I can't remember if Connie did that. I think she did that, but mm-hmm. I met Connie because she came to a little playtesting event that we host every year called the Stillmare Games Design Day. It's kind of like an cool. unpub proto spiel type event, but it's just I didn't one know day. That was it's a, thing. a Yeah, we do it every year in like September October and Connie brought an early version of Apiary to, uh, or early for us. I think she had worked on it for about a a year or two at that point, but she brought the game and it went over really well. A lot of people really had a great time with it. I watched it a little bit and I had some, some thoughts and notes. Mm -hmm. And she sent me a a, a version of the game that she had revised due to the playtesting feedback a few weeks later. Um, so that was how I met her, how I got my exposure to Apiary and how I soon after, uh, uh, Really found that I, I love the game. Yeah,
2: amazing. I'm. I'm also yeah. curious. Like at those kind of events, is there something in particular that you look for in designs that that catch your eye? Because I'm sure you see so many submissions. Is there any commonality? Is there anything that you know that experience the players have that you can distill that you look for when you're picking a design? I, oh, I
3: think like, we, we might have uh, lost Jamie. Oh no, yeah,
2: my question <laughs> destroyed your, his internet. Your
1: question was, your question was too, <laughs> too a important. Question. Yeah, because oh, part of it's go. intangible, oh, seeing oh. how are they immersed in the magic circle of the game. Yeah.
2: Sorry, um, could you say your answer really again? Okay? Your, your internet cut out. Yeah, and then it caught yeah, it cut up, out. and you I'm said sorry. it really quickly. No, you're totally good. If you <laughs> okay. would just say yeah. your answer again, that'd be great, folks. We do watch. Yeah. We do yeah.
0: record this live on Twitch, folks. So you, uh,
1: this is what happens sometimes. <laughs> but we're we're okay. Yeah, and Jamie, if you don't mind uh, answering that question, that'd be great. Yeah. So when I'm watching people play games where I don't know much about the game, I'm I'm more watching the people than the games themselves. I'm I'm watching are people laughing? Are they smiling? Are they? Are they intensely looking at their player mats or the board? Or are they checking their phones? Are they kind of checking out? Are they does it seem like they're they're questioning a lot of things? So I'm looking at the people and I'm also looking at at least a little bit the user interface of the game. Like, can I understand a little bit of what's going on by just looking at at, at what I can see on the table? Yeah. I don't expect to understand everything from that, but Uh, usually I, at at design day in particular, I drift around and I spend like 10 or 15 minutes every table, just trying to absorb what's going on and seeing how people are feeling about it. And, uh, and we also ask for people to rate the games that they play at design day. So I often take those impressions and then Mm -hmm. I compare it to what people actually seem to really enjoy at the end of the day.
2: That's awesome. I love that little, that little advice of looking at the players as opposed to looking at the Mm -hmm. game. I think that's. That's fascinating.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just one quick tidbit. I was very fortunate. Uh, Jamie had brought me out to Stonemire Design Day a couple of years ago, and it's one of my favorite experiences I've had in the gaming industry. Uh, because number one, I got to go to St. Louis for the first time in my life, which was great. Um, and I'd mentioned this. I talked to a, a, you know, you get to know uh, people at the uh, playtest event. A lot of locals, and I got to know a lot of locals there. And you have a really wonderful scene out there, Jamie. Just very, you know, a lot of great gamers, uh, very kind. They're welcoming. And to be able to see a lot of these games, you know, taking shape was a really cool experience. So thank you again for bringing me out there. And also, for the first time, I got to try a toasted ravioli, which was delicious so y'all do a ride in st louis <laughs> sounds
3: really good <laughs> i thought that was a game when you were first i was like oh game should be what game is it that? Totally I mean, should be a game, dude, game. <laughs> <too>. <laughs> <laughs> i was like i've never heard of this one. why wasn't
2: that on our top 10 food theme <laughs> <games>? i'm like <laughs> oh, I, sounds I, delicious. I immediately started
3: googling i'm like what i i my, my research has been just sorely misplaced <laughs> <laughs> that's the
2: secret 17 stonemaier game yeah that's what's uh, in the so closet so behind
3: you <laughs> <laughs> there you
2: go yeah. Uh, someone had an interesting kind of follow up question in chat, which was your answer was for what you look for when you're seeing a playtest in person. Is there anything you look for when you receive a design on paper? Is there any way that a design can stand out on paper? Because I know from my experience, it's really hard to read about a game and understand what it feels like. So is there anything that you look for that, you know, can help you parse a game when you see it on paper and decide that it's going to be good
1: on the table? A, the, there isn't. It's a great question. I don't think there's a magic answer to it. Yeah, of but, course. Um, <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: J- just I guess looking behind the scenes at our process, we have this this form that you fill out that m- mostly just determines if your game is the type of game that we're looking for. Things like, sure. does your game play up to five? Have you play tested it up to five players? Because mm. we, that's that's a hard limit. We don't publish any games that um, only play three or four players, for example. Mm. Um, and then my coworker and co-founder Alan reviews the submission, and this is where you kind of have to have. A little bit of magic in the way that you describe your game, sure. And I think the best way to do it, the best way I've seen, maybe kind of two things one is to not try to sell everything about the game, rather, sell mm. between one and three hooks things that might really hook someone in. Um, to yeah, because if you, I, I don't know, if you make that list too long, then nothing's going to stand out. If you maybe make it yeah. too short uh that may not seem like enough but i would say two to three things that are that are big hooks and it is always helpful for alan always tells me this when um someone is open to filming a few minutes of gameplay like show us three turns of the game Mm. and on the video if you're comfortable on video telling us what the hooks are that's fine you don't even have to put your face on the camera if you don't want to do that you can just show us the game on the table but having watching a game in motion can often um give us a better idea or it definitely can give us a better idea of how it plays than than through those three lines or even for a rule book because if we're getting 50 submissions a month, we're yeah. not reading all those rule books. We're using <laughs> yeah. other filters along the way.
2: Yeah, yeah, of course. That's a great answer. Thank you so much. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and one last question for me from chat. If we have time, Ruel. Yeah, well, why
0: don't we take uh, one more uh, uh, question and then uh, we'll be on our way.
2: Sure. Uh, I just wanted to ask this. Um, Jamie from chat says, how On average, how long does a game take to fully playtest? I think that's an interesting question. It's obviously impossible to answer because every game is different. But I do think that peek behind the curtain of that process can still be interesting. So if you have anything to to add about that, that'd be great.
1: Yeah, it it depends on the game. Um, But uh, I'll use some examples. Like for Apiary, uh, Connie was playtesting it. I think for about a year before she submitted to us, and then during the development process for it, I think we went through around five waves of blind playtesting, and along the way, I was playtesting it locally and and play testing every iteration of the game. I think that was around 18 months of playtesting that wow. we put into wow. Apiary. It might've been In a little bit shorter. In addition to that year
2: look... that Connie did, or? Wow. Yeah,
1: wow, yeah. after we else? accept a game, it, there's still a lot of work goes into it, and we look for designers yeah like Connie, who are willing to actively work with us. The designer isn't just mm-hmm. handing it off to, off to us and we just take it from there. I, the designer knows the game better than we do. So I, I want to yeah. work with the designer and find people who want to do that. Uh, oh, expeditions great. took longer. I thought ex- expeditions would, uh, since it's the sequel to side. I thought I'd wrap it up in a few months, but it took like two <laughs> and a half years to do oh. <laughs> for that one. Oh, so yeah, it depends on the game, but usually it, it, it takes a while. Amazing! Awesome! That's well, really cool. I,
3: I I feel like that's we can a lot keep different going, but I don't. From, <laughs> Yeah,
1: from a lot of other publishing
3: houses too, where it's, you know, yes. a lot of them are just like, no, we're going to put our spin on it, and that's it, and you're going to have to just say yes and accept it. I love that you you keep the designers fully involved and 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 want yeah. it to to remain well, their awesome. their creations, right? Just with a little little oh, tweaks yeah. to make it the, that little.
0: Stonemeyer
3: flair <laughs> exactly
0: well jamie thank you again so much for joining us today here on the r and r and r show um thank you for sharing your insights and um it was just a joy to uh, be able to talk to you again and um hope to see you soon
1: yeah it was great to to, to meet uh, the two of you, real, it's great to see you again. And real, you might have actually been at the design day that Connie was there. I, I can't remember exactly. Oh, cool. You... Really? Oh. I think it was the one after the first one after we had to not do one due to the pandemic. So you yeah. might have been there when she was there. I'm going to have to. Uh, you know, but yeah, was now that you say still. that,
0: Jamie, I'm going to go look at my photos from that event and maybe. You had the hot scoop. Yeah. Uh, and you like in the um,
1: corner of the room. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay. I'm totally looking at my pictures after this. Uh, Jamie, thank you again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, my pleasure. Uh, we will get out of here. We want to thank our Hey, everybody. Sponsor, this Arcane week's episode of the r uh, show our is, is brought to you by Arcade Wonders R&R and R&R their show. new game, Age time, of we'll Wonders, Planetfall, which... Dang, here I am.
5: Hey, everybody. Hey
0: i i don't know what i'm pressing i'm pressing all huh? the buttons we're, um. we're back to the post show yeah we're back to the, <laughs> the, post the little show.
3: post show to, to finish us up we've run a little over time because of those uh little tech issues yeah. but uh that, that's that that's what happens it's yeah. all right
0: uh jamie it, it's again it, it's up to you uh if you're comfortable just hanging out for a few minutes and chatting uh with uh, chat or you can take off that's, that's totally fine as well yeah. uh we just take a few minutes to go over things um What I'll do first is I'm going to share this uh, video from Richard. He had talked about uh, some of the games that didn't make his uh, list. So let's
5: see what Richard's got for us. Uh, right here. Okay, I'm going to rapid-fire blast this top ten as quick as I can, because you should spend more time with Jamie and less with me. But anyway, my number ten Stonemeyer game is Euphoria. Still one of the uh, greatest all-time worker-placing games for introducing us to the idea of worker-bumping. I just wish it worked a little bit better with two. Uh, That's what keeps it at the bottom. Pendulum. Oh, man, what a criminally overlooked game. And I still, to this day, say the best way to play it is not real-time, but turn-based. Rolling Realms, again, love it. Uh, uh, Let's see. Uh, Oh, number seven apiary the uh, latest game's getting a lot of attention right now and very deservedly so bees in space are awesome number six between two castles of mad king ludwig oh my gosh i love the idea the puzzliness of it and the way that it does sharing with the player to the left and the right it so simplifies and streams lines that for a two-player game i think it's I think it's just absolutely next level. Red Rising. This is by far, in my opinion, the best of the uh, fantasy realm-inspired games out there. I didn't keep it. I ultimately ended up keeping the Star Trek one because my only problem with Red Rising is it's a full-size box, whereas Star Trek Missions uh, fits in a tiny little box for shelf space. But I do think Red Rising eclipses fantasy realms and all of these other spin-offs. Charterstone. Oh, I've got such warm memories for that. Uh, I think it's the only legacy game we played through twice We loved it so much. And uh, I know everybody agrees, but I think it works great as a two-player game if you use a couple of dummy players throughout the campaign. And then, oh, number three for me is Viticulture, but that's with the Viticulture World expansion. Such a phenomenal job of turning um, a great uh, worker placement competitive game into a truly spectacular co-op game. Wingspan is my number two, and as I mentioned, if I ever get a chance to play that Asia co-op mode, maybe it'll push number one. But yeah, my number one is tapestry, as I already said. Okay, back to you guys.
0: Okay, so yeah, uh, Richard uh, selecting Tapestry was no surprise to me. Uh, I was surprised to hear that he had uh, Wingspan so high up. I, I thought Viticulture would be his second, but as you heard there, uh, Viticulture World, um, he, he really enjoyed it. And I, I've got to say, maybe I shouldn't admit this, but I've got Viticulture World sitting in front of me. You get, you know, it's off camera, but it's on my <laughs> shelf a shame. And it's like, oh, I, I need to play this because I love it so much. I haven't played it yet. Uh, but... Uh just quickly uh some of the ones that didn't make my list but uh you know I had uh viticulture number 1 wingspan number 2 side number 3 and again those can totally depend on my mood and what time of day it is they can totally inter interchange uh number 4 euphoria but it is number 1 in my heart because it was the first one I ever played and of course number 5 uh, <laughs> tapestry uh, Ray or Chris any uh, uh extra thoughts uh on uh, Stonemar games for you uh you both Ray go ahead
2: yeah, no, I was gonna say. I mean, my I I talked about this in between all of the answers because I couldn't just pick one. I mean, my my top three probably would have been viticulture, wingspan, and now apiary. But I wanted to I wanted to let you have viticulture, real well. But I've been Thank I've you, been right? gushing about it all stream. I I love Stonemeyer titles, and um, truly, I, I just want to kind of circle back to to how much I love wingspan and how much it how it changed the hobby. And now that I can say that to, yeah. to, to Jamie's face, now that he's here, truly like the, I've seen what that's done in my circles and my yeah. friend groups that has introduced Uh-oh. so we many people to this hobby. Raise, and I,
0: uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. park oh, no. for the course for this folks, live streaming, uh, <laughs> audio, video issues. <laughs> Galore. Um, it, it is it what looks. it is. But uh, Chris, what about Talk you? Uh, thoughts I, as I, Ray I, Yeah, on, I right?
3: could hear. I could hear Ray's mic. But, oh, really? Um, I can hear Ray. Okay, yeah. maybe oh. uh, I should shut up. Yeah. Yeah, you were saying beautiful, wonderful things about Wingspan, and I, I was, was saying really beautiful, right.
4: wonderful things awesome. about Wingspan.
3: <laughs> what well, I, I think, what, what I think is really <laughs> amazing about Wingspan. Wingspan is like. The i i'm i'm really cheap like i'm a cheap i buy cheap things <laughs> i'm never deluxified i'm i'm a poor actor that's what i am uh but uh, uh what wingspan sort of is i made i made a list on my channel about like the top value games and wingspan was like in the top of that not only to get like such an awesome game the production quality like compared to everything else around the same msrp i personally feel that the production quality in wingspan is like off the charts, incredible. Like it, you feel like you're playing such an awesome premium game for what what I would say is like a beautiful average MSRP of whatever it is, 55 or 60, where I'm, I'm not sure of the exact exact one, but I know it's around that, that bar. I, I just think like that's that's what made me personally like really enjoy Stonemaier is is it, I felt like you set the standard for like quality, for quality at like a good price. And like good games, at a good price with like great components. What else can you really ask for? Really, I think right. I think Wingspan in particular uh, like exemplifies that. That's what I wanted to say during the show, but I I wanted to make hmm. sure that we we I didn't we didn't talk too long and we got Jamie it's on. It's a great so additional I, point, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Speaking of, so Jamie, again, thank you for sticking around. Of the sixteen babies that you have, we 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 talked about one. We we asked you to talk about one in particular, but. Are there any others that you want to highlight? Uh, just you know, based on anything that we talked about today. Um, I don't I don't know. Anything stories that you want to share? Again, I know
3: free I'm rain. You on the spot. free yeah.
0: reign to yeah to
3: talk about all of your beautiful darlings. Yes.
1: <laughs> sure. I, I can give a few other like reasons I might pick a game as number one. Mm-hmm. Um, right now I'm loving teaching apiary, loving teaching and playing apiary. So I really mm-hmm. am having a blast with it. I played it at least half a dozen times over the last month and a half. So that one might be like the one that's freshest on my mind to play again and again right now. Um, Between Two Cities was the first game we published that wasn't designed by me, so that holds a special place in my heart when we nice. I stopped being just a vanity publisher and became a publisher of other people's <laughs> creations too. Yeah, um, Scythe was special because it was our last Kickstarter game and it was the game that I think put us on the map for a lot of people. Viticulture is special because it was the first, and especially since viticulture is still played by people today. Like, I, I never imagined that would happen. This little game that, uh, you know, I, I think we had how many copies? We made like 2,500 copies in the first print run, and, and yet it, we have 200,000 copies in, in print now. That, that's incredible to me. Wow. Yeah, um, what a
2: triumph and, that your first game is still so in the, like, the, Lexicon, is that the right word? Like in the discussion. It's still a game that is people's favorite game. That's incredible.
1: Yeah. And then um, uh, Rolling Realms has been a delightful surprise for me too. That's one that I designed during the pandemic to play remotely. And it's one that we never... I I did not design it so that we could publish the like realms designed around games by other publishers but that is what has happened with rolling realms so many other publishers have said yes when i reached out to them and said hey can we design a little realm inspired by underwater cities or boon lake or i don't know we have a whole bunch that came out recently hokkaido praga uh, mm. uh apiaries in near potion explosion can't stop um that's been a delight to find like my, to kind of take my youtube channel take my favorite thing about a game and distill it down to a, a one card that goes into rolling realms so i've had a lot of fun with that too Cool. That's, that's so cool. That, and
3: and awesome. I saw in chat too that there's a new a new rolling realms coming out 2024. Is that true? That's exciting. Yeah, it's kind that's of a new core set. set. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah.
1: New core set of rolling that. realms. Very um nice. and it's basically just a, a box designed a slightly different way so we can hold all the rolling realms stuff because there's we have way more now than we ever imagined we would Oh cool. Nice. <laughs>
0: <Awesome. laughs> uh will there be bigger dice or are we still sticking with the, the dice that you have?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Infinite <actually>, bigger dice. <laughs> I tested dice that were even bigger for the original Rolly Realms, but they oh, it right. every time they hit the table, it, it it sounded like it was gonna break the table. Like they were too big. I it think dice can't be too big. Yeah, Don't wait, believe I mean, they were, they were. No such thing. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. so there will be different colors of dice, uh, swirly colors of dice in the new one, but but same size. Yeah, very, nice, very nice,
0: Cannot wait. We're excited. <laughs> um, folks, I think that'll do it, uh, for for now. Uh, again, Jamie, thank you so much for your time and uh, your energy today, and also dealing with all the audio and video uh, issues that we had. We uh, really yeah. appreciate it. And um, what we're gonna do now, folks, is send you on over to the next channel. We're gonna rate. Uh, Chris and Ray, thank you, as always, for being the hostess with the mostest. Uh, we're going to raid Good Time Society. That's uh, Becca and Jake, <laughs> I believe they're playing Dune Imperium, which is another fantastic game. Mm. Uh, they're going to go live soon. We're going to raid on over there. Folks, stick around. You get additional Rado channel points, which you can spend on all kinds of cool stuff here. We're going to sit down on the raid right now. Bye, everybody. And we're waving. Bye. We're waving. And I believe. Yeah, I think we're out. We're out. And we're I'm
4: good.